What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's Friday. I ain't got a job. And I ain't got... I'm kidding. Welcome aboard the National Football Show. We appreciate you doing this. Two weeks away. Man. Man, this thing is just rolling towards the NFL draft. A lot of storylines, ton of storylines. I mean, this is this is where, as I said yesterday, you build your championship team. You know, I was talking to Mario Cristobal and Butch Davis the other night because they're down at Miami in the spring games this weekend. And they were asking us, how come... You guys were so good. You guys, and get this, Jimmy Johnson never in my entire time being around him won a recruiting war. But we won national championships and a ton of ball games. They didn't give a shit about scouting services, rivals. They didn't care about any of that. They only cared about evaluating talent that fit their system whether it was in Dallas with the Cowboys or at the University of Miami. And we did all of our hard work and our heavy lifting in the offseason. Preparing for a championship run. All the things you do when the spotlight is not on are the things that are going to turn the lights on for you during the regular season. And the Eagles the last couple of years have really done a nice, I'll tell you something. Think about where they were a few years ago. They've really done some heavy lifting since that four-win team, have they not? They've done some heavy lifting. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to throw this out here. Tone and I were just talking about this. The reason that Howie does such a great job at trades and the reason that Howie knows where to go like New Orleans in places, the Chargers. I saw the list of the best GMs. Big Sills has got his own list. I'm going to tell you who I think the top general managers are in the National Football League. 
Why do you think Howie does such a good job when it goes out and is looking for prospects and looking for potential trades? Why do you think he does such a why do you think he does such a good job at pro personnel? Either finding a free agent or making a deal. Darius Slay, Gardner Johnson, AJ Brown. Why do you think he does such a good job? You guys got an idea? Why do you think he does? Because he goes to places like Mickey Loomis in New Orleans, I think has a great eye when it comes to evaluating talent. Now, they haven't done a very good job since Breeze has left. And really, quite frankly, at the end of the run there with Peyton, they were running out of gas as an organization. But he he goes to places. Like, look at Tom Telesco. Look at what he did when he picked up Kaiser White. There's a lot of talent with the Chargers. They just got a shitty owner and a non-qualified head coach. They got certain pieces missing because you know why? The front office above Tom Telesco, the GM, is not very good. I covered the team. They're not that great. Like, personally, I think that Justin Herbert deal, I think that's going to get a little nasty. I do. I think that's going to get nasty. But Tom's got an eye for talent. So he goes and gets Kaiser White from the Chargers. Turned out to be a really good football player for the Eagles last year. He goes down to New Orleans because he trusts Mickey Loomis. He goes to Tennessee. The general manager that was there last year escapes me. Um, They go there last year. A.J. Brown, dude, the Titans do a great job at looking for talent. They do a great job of it. He looks at really great places to go and make deals and maybe players that are underachieving. You see, the draft is such a crapshoot. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make a point to you, and I thought about something, because someone said this to me last night about Jordan Davis. So Jordan Davis ran the fastest time, and he's the biggest dude. So Nolan Smith wows people this year. Okay? These guys are not productive. Are you going to go down the same rabbit hole again for Nolan Smith? that you went down last year with Jordan Davis. So these guys all did well when it came to running their shuttles, all did well doing the drills. So you're going to go down that road again with a guy who's not overly productive and didn't t- play a ton of ball games last year. Are you really going there again? Are you really going to exclude the tape and look more to the combines Quite frankly, Jordan Davis, in my opinion, will never live up to that combine that he put together. He'll never live up to that. He'll never be that guy. Like, watch this. He probably has more natural, gifted talents than Fletcher Cox. But so what? He ran a fast 40. Can you make plays? Are you around the ball? The answer is no. He's non-productive. 
And so you see the same thing here with Nolan Smith. He goes there and wows everybody in the building. Three sacks, two sacks. Another non-productive guy. Those guys all play in the scheme. And it's a good scheme by Kirby Smart. Kirby, the guy who's the most productive is Carter. Watch him. All you got to do is just take your glasses and just watch it with your eye and go look at your eye test. Jalen Carter's the best football player that Georgia has had for three years because he's productive around the ball, in the backfield, making sacks. These Georgia guys get to the combines and they blow people away. Okay? Greg Miller goes, no, I'm going after Jalen Carter with all ammunition I have. Greg, you're right. Greg, Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, maybe Tyree Wilson, and B. John Robinson. Those are the only players you take at 10. Those are the only players you invest the 10th pick with. The Eagles have a propensity of spending a lot of money on the offensive side of the ball, especially in the O-line. Why not add one more piece? We've been saying it all week. By the way, my boy Philly 500 is going to join us at 430. I'm hoping we're going to get Bill Romanowski on as well. Bill's got some business to do. Hopefully we can get the former Eagle linebacker and four-time Super Bowl champion on with us. There's a lot of work to do here still. And personally, like I said, and I've been saying it the whole time, I think the front four of the Eagles and the corners are good. I think they're very good. I think the rest of your defense is not very good, and good quarterbacks will rip you apart like they have the last two years. And you have a lesser, hardier defense. Safeties and linebackers are not very good. I'll say it again to you. Until N'Kobe Dean shows me he can play in this league, it's an incomplete report card. There's no bust on it. There's no, I think he's great. It's incomplete. That's not a rip. That's what it is. That's a fact. It's an incomplete on Jordan. Isn't it funny? These Georgia guys are turning out to be non-productive players. I mean, what Georgia player has come out of college outside of Pickens and has really burst on the scene at the college level where you went, man, that guy is something special. Can you name me a guy? Can you name me one Georgia dude in the Kirby Smart era? Let's see, Julio Jones? Julio Jones, excuse me, he's a Bama guy. Name me one Georgia guy. One Georgia guy in the Kirby Smart era that you went, holy shit. Guy's amazing. Can you name me one? They surely look like workout warriors. Name me one Georgia guy in the Kirby Smart era that you went, man, that guy is some ball player. 
I think Jalen Carter has all the makings of being the next Jerome Brown. I really do. Okay? I really do. Okay? Roquan Smith, okay? Chubb, I I thought Todd Gurley, was Todd Gurley a... Frank, uh, was he a Mark Rick guy or Kirby guy? I don't remember. Okay, so you've named me Roquan, Roquan Smith. Okay, Roquan. Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith. All right. And he just got traded to Baltimore. Chubb. Okay. Two dudes. One defensive guy. Pickens, I think, is going to be a good player in Pittsburgh. I think the kid Pickens is going to be good. I do. He looks like he's somebody that's going to be good. Okay. Three. You damn right, Latin. Roquan Smith. How many years has Kirby Smart been at Georgia now? How many years has he been there as head coach? How many years has Kirby Smart been the head coach at Georgia Bulldogs? Okay, he got named there in 2015. He's been there nine years. Going on nine years, Roquan Smith in a decade. Justin Houston. Justin Houston has been in the league 13 years. He didn't play for Kirby. Who else? Walker in Jacksonville? I think he'll be good. Like I said, give me an exceptional Georgia Bulldog. Chubb, Roquan Smith. Who else? Who else? That's like always doing this. How many people look around and go, Bob Knight was an absolutely great basketball coach at Indiana. How many people think Bob Knight was a great basketball coach in his time at Indiana? How many people think that? Do do you think that? How great? Yeah. Hey, MCAS, I'm not talking about winning college championships. I'm talking about players going to the Eagles or going to NFL teams. Okay? He was. Steve says he was. He was a great coach. Outside of Isaiah Thomas, name me one basketball player that he coached that you went was exceptional. Kent Benson, not really. Scott May, not really. Woodson, not really. Name me one guy. Name me one guy that you went Bob Knight had a superstar outside of Isaiah Thomas. He didn't have any in his 
29 years there. He never had exceptional players. He had Isaiah. That's it. Okay, how about this one? Mike Krzyzewski. Who was his greatest basketball player? Let's see. Um, Hill? I would say Kyrie Irvin, who played like five games for him. Then who else? Who else? Christian Leitner? Who else from Duke? You went, man. Holy cow. And don't give me Zion. Ben Simmons has played more basketball than Zion Williamson has. I mean, let's be candid here. Zion Williamson hasn't. My point is some of these places that you go and look at and you think are exceptional programs at the college level doesn't translate into being superstar NFL prospects. Southern Cal doesn't produce NFL players any longer. Oklahoma never produces defensive players anymore. So you've got to look at how they look at their programs. Elton Brand is not a superstar. Shane Battier is not a superstar. J.J. Redick is not a superstar. Grant Hill, yes, Kyrie Irving. The point is, is that these guys recruit to their system. Shit, Dean Smith had better stars. And he won less. Think of that. Dean Smith had better stars at Carolina than what Krzyzewski had at Duke. And he won more Duke. People that fit their system. Don't get blown away sometimes by what a kid does in college. And you watch a kid and you go, he went to Georgia, played in the SEC, so he must be great. I get that. I'm staying in the Southeastern Conference, too. I'm staying in the Southeastern Conference, too. Okay? Great. Jalen goes Tatum. So he's had three guys in 40 years. That's some number. You sound like you're drafting DBs with the Eagles again. You name me three guys in 40 years. 40 years. Three guys in 40 years. How's that ratio? Tatum. Okay. Tatum, Grand Hill, Kyrie Irving. In 40 years. Congratulations to you. You really produced some really great superstars at Duke. <laughs> Any, anything to try to even enhance the point more. He doesn't, he didn't recruit NBA stars and superstars. <laughs> you can only do so much about a player. Yeah, you know, whatever, Cody. Can only do so much about a player. That's why you suck in the draft, the Eagles do. You have sucked in the draft. You're exceptional when it comes to making deals and trades. Free agents. That's where you should that's that's where your bread needs to be buttered right there. Stick in that sandbox. Because when it comes to drafting, you can't draft receivers. You can't draft DBs. You can't draft every single show I listen to in Philly. It's a sin of lies. Like how he's some drafting genius. Okay. But again, like Tone says, hey, Sills, 
he may not he may not drive a straight line to get to where you want, but he gets there. He's right. Does Howie hit a couple guardrails? Absolutely. I think personally, Howie probably hits less guardrails than any general manager in the NFL. But the most important thing that he misses on is a team, and it's the reason why you have to keep rebuilding your team every four years. You know why? Because he misses in the draft, or he'll overdraft. That's why when these free agent contracts come up, he constantly has to go back and remake the team. How many times has Howie Roseman remade the team in his 23 years being in the building? Ten? Look at what they did in New England. They sat up in New England for 20 years. Well, they got the quarterback right. Dude, if you've got the quarterback right, like you guys think you do, your quarterback should be able to handle some of the misses that are on the team now. The way Mahomes is. You're paying Jalen Hurts, or you're going to, $50 million. You know why? Because at times you're going to have more players on the team, at times you're going to have less. What you don't want is a drop-off. That's why that kid in Kansas City is worth every cent he's making. He's probably underpaid. Patrick Mahomes is probably underpaid. Because nobody else has been able to duplicate what everyone wants. Pay their quarterback Give their guy their money, and if they have to go light in certain positions because they have to deal with a salary cap, so be it. If I have to get rid of Tyree Kill, if I have to get rid of Honey Badger, so be it. Go out and win a Super Bowl. He does. MCAS says Howie's last two drafts were good. Last year's draft did nothing for you. How do you know that? MCAS says last year's draft was good. How do you know that? I I gave it at least an incomplete. You think it was good? Wow, not me, man. If the draft is that much of a crapshoot, why not have a list and give up your early picks? He does. That's the formula right there. Green blood, that's the formula. See, to me, the 10th pick. I'm going to get to it here in a minute. The 10th pick is the pick to get quality assets with. The 30th pick is to get a starter. Here, let me go here. By the way, every single draft has a characteristic. What would you call this draft in two weeks? What would, what would, wouldn't you put the word Risky draft around this? Is this not a risky draft? Is the 2000 NFL draft a risky draft? Is it? Here, let me give you examples. You think it's a risk to draft a quarterback, number one, who's 5'10", 185? I would think so. You think it's a risk to draft Jalen Carter after all the off-field issues? You think it's a risk to draft Lucas Van Ness, who never started at Iowa, and is a situational pass rusher? You think it's a risk 
to draft Anthony Richardson? Do you think it's a risk to take a running back in the top 10? All of these question marks, I've never seen so many question marks going into an NFL draft. I've never seen so many question marks. The quarterbacks all will be overdrafted. Every quarterback, even Bryce, 5'10", 185. You feel comfortable doing that? He might be the smallest guy in the NFL. Favorite linebacker, Joe, in the NFL today, or is there any? I don't think there is any. Latin Infernal, you take Carter if it takes us both the second round picks in 24. Plus the compensation picks they're getting. They they can't they can't use those compensation picks, but they know they're coming. Okay. Sales nothing ventured, nothing gained. Agree, Joe. Joe, that's why to me, we're gonna get to this now. Here's two moves I thought about last night. Man, guys, let's go to the third pick and get Will Anderson. Go get him. Trent, dude, who would you rather have? Will Anderson at 6'4", 255, or a guy who's a workout warrior, Nolan Smith? Who would you rather have on your cornerstone on the other side? So you're going to put two dudes that are small dudes as your edge rushers. You get run over. Remember something, Hassan Reddick's not a good tackler. Can't cover. Exceptional in the pass rush. That's what he is. Okay, he's, he's, he's a situational pass rusher himself. And when they stopped having him going out in coverage, that's when, that, that, that's when the whole fortunes changed. Here, here, again, I got three moves. Well, probably three moves. Move up to three. See if Arizona wants to make a move to 10. Switch picks. Arizona could get their pass rusher at 10. Arizona will get their pass rusher at 10. Anderson's the best player in the draft. That'd be hard for them to move off of him, I think. Okay? I think the Bears are going to get an old lineman. I think they're going to get the kid from Northwestern. I don't think they're going to go defense. People keep saying that Jalen Carter is going to go to Chicago because the coach in the building is a defensive-minded guy in Uber, Uberflus. No way. Remember what we've been saying? you got to protect your quarterback. you got to start building around your quarterback and helping him. Getting a defensive tackle has got question marks and you have no leadership and you're building it all. If Roquan Smith is still with the Bears, you might want to go with Jalen Carter. But since you have nothing in the building there, you got to build that team around that quarterback. The Bears have to start getting smart. Jalen Carter doesn't help you. Skronowski helps you because it shows that you're trying to build around your quarterback. The Bears are all over the map. You let a guy go for $100 million to Baltimore, then you turn around and you sign $120 million worth of linebackers. I I don't get it. You're all over the map. 
Howie's never over the line in. I, I kind of getting, seeing where he, see, let me tell you what the practice has been. It's not been to rip Howie. It's to try to find out how he maneuvers. And I think Merrill Reese said it great yesterday. Howie's unpredictable, but there's still a formula in how they look at things. Okay. Do they value the running back? You know, I hear that all the time. The Eagles don't value the running back. Well, the Eagles now have to start valuing the running back. Why? Well, because you run an RPO offense. That changes your mentality. They don't have to give a shit about a running back in Kansas City. Why? They could play a seventh rounder. Because you got Patrick Mahomes, who's a seven-step drop guy. That guy's ha- That guy only has to be decent. Patrick Mahomes is not going to carry the ball 17 times a game. Your guy is. Your guy is. Your guy's going to carry a lot of the mail for them. He's going to take punishment. It's a different look. How about this? Do you not agree building the team around Carson Wentz versus building the team around Jalen Hurts is completely different? It's completely different. And for the record, Carson Wentz had less talent when he threw for 4,000 yards. Alshon Jeffries, okay, sure. Ertz was good, sure. Committee of running backs, okay. There's more talent now with Jalen. Jalen's got more talent. Receivers are better. Tight end is as good. O-line is probably better than what Wentz had. I'm not, I'm not, by the way, I'm not, it's, it's not to say who's better or not. I'm just saying he's got a better team. And he's got a better offense around him. And it's different. You could do a cast of characters and committee running backs with Carson Wentz. Jalen... I'm not saying Jalen can't run the ball. I'm saying you got to help Jalen not get banged up and finally put an elite guy back there or to go get the best pass rusher. Don't go and get the third best evaluated pass rusher at 10. That's so dumb. I like Paris Johnson at 10 and a heartbeat. Sales. That, that makes sense. It helps Jalen. It helps Kenneth Gainwell. It, it helps Boston. It helps all those guys. Now you're thinking, Breed, an edge rusher, Nolan Smith. Jesus, criminy. So you're going to sign another workout warrior like you did a year ago and overdraft him too. You overdrafted a workout warrior and you're going to overdraft another workout warrior? Aren't you learning anything from what you're seeing with these Georgia guys? They're good ball players. I wouldn't say exceptional yet. Especially on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, Roquan Smith in nine years? Okay, we're getting there, I guess. Okay, I mean, don't be taken by the combines. I think the Eagles fell into the con- They saw the four seven eight and went, holy shit. This guy's going to live up to his talent, and he's going to – it's not going to happen. He won't do it. I'm not saying he's not going to have great years. 
And he's going to be effective in other ways. But he's not going to be a 10-sack guy. That's not what he is. I, I heard something the other day. He had one hit on the quarterback all year. He's not. He doesn't get to the quarterback. He doesn't. And, 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 and people go, and this is what Tone and I talk about, and, and Philly 500 too, by the way. So does it matter what the position is or the player is? Why does that matter so much if you know if you put a player on your football team, he can help you win the Super Bowl? How should that even be an equation? Well, we don't value the position. Even though you – so wait a minute. You don't value a position that can help you win a Super Bowl? Then you're not going to win it. Then you're not going to win it. Look, I get not paying Roquan Smith $100 million. Would I pay Roquan Smith $25 million? Boy, I'll tell you what. The Devin White thing, that's a big, that's a big salary. But I got to start readjusting my mind that that's kind of what market value is now for these top flight linebackers. $18, $19 million. Hey, man, these numbers are going through the roof. I've got to adjust a little more. Dude, to pay for – if you want to play for greatness, you got to sometimes pay for it too, don't you think? Dude, look at Kansas City. Kansas City gave that guy a half a billion dollars. You think that thing's panning out out there? Do you, do you think that Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, people were going, hey, man, a half a billion dollars they gave him. Aren't you doing this now? He may be underpaid. He may be underpaid. Dude, Roquan, Roquan Smith's a fine ball player. But $100 million on the Ravens? Does that help Lamar Jackson? O- OBJ helps him more than Roquan Smith. Okay? Roquan Smith doesn't help Lamar Jackson stay in Baltimore. It doesn't. By the way, real quick, I want to show you something else here. If I'm Dexter Lawrence and I'm Saquon Barkley, I am one. I am two pissed off players right now that you gave a C player and Daniel Jones 45 million bucks and the two best players on your team, you're nickel and diamond them. If I'm Dexter Lawrence and Barkley, I'm looking at that general manager and I'm looking at Brian Dable going, you gave the lesser player more money? Why? You got problems in New York. You got problems in New York. Dexter Lawrence and Barkley, would we not agree is better than Daniel Jones? But New York gave the guy and overpaid him $45 million. Boy, if I'm, if I'm Saquon Barkley and, I'm like, and I'm Dexter Lawrence, both those guys aren't going to minicamps and OTAs for a reason. They're pissed off at the front office. You gave the lesser player more money and you won't address us. That's a good thing for the Eagles. That's a great thing for the Eagles. You got discord with two top players in New York right now. Tell you what, man, I watch you give that guy who played maybe in four good games this year, $45 million. I'm one of the premier defensive tackles. I'm the all pro, not him. 
Dexter Lawrence was all pro. I'm the all pro. I'm the all pro. And you don't want to address my contract, a long-term deal? I'm not coming to camp. I'm not coming to camp. Why? You gave that stiff $45 million, and you can't give me $22 million. Make me one of the high. Hey, Dexter Lawrence, is he better than Javon Hardgrave? You bet your ass he is. He must be looking at the Javon Hardgrave deal in New York going like this. Man, I'm better than that guy. He is better. Okay? He is better. See what you have sometimes with organizations fumbling the ball? As good as Brian Dable was last year, you got two of your best players pissed off at you now. Brian Dable's got a lot of say because he brought the dude down from Buffalo with him to New York. Dude, honestly, (laughs) I mean, they think he's Ray Lewis. Yeah, okay, well, wake me up when I see that. (laughs) Dexter Lawrence was, uh, dude, Dexter Lawrence is a great ball player. We got the same problem out here in San Francisco, paying other premium positions on the roster, not the freaking quarterback enough bucks. Hey, all I can say to you, 49er talk, your, your coach can't protect your quarterback. He could never. When he was the OC in Washington, he got RG3 killed. Garoppolo's been banged up the entire time that he was in San Fran. Purdy's hurt. Trey Lance is hurt. You know, is it coincidence that five guys that he's coached end a season on IR? But he's a great play caller. Dude, protect your guy. You might you might get through an NFC Championship day game one day. Kyle Shanahan does the worst job on the planet at protecting his quarterbacks. That's what I'm trying to do here with Jalen. What protects the quarterback, and what gives him a chance? Here, let's do. Th- Why not answer the simplest question? What gives here? Don't even if if it's not the draft, what gives Jalen Hurts the best chance to win the Super Bowl and beat? How do you repeat as NFC East champions and beat Kansas City? What's the one thing you need on your team? I don't care. Whatever you say, let me hear it. What do you think helps Jalen Hurts? An edge rusher? An edge rusher? Sacks? You had 70 of them last year and you didn't win it. Set You had 70 sacks last year. You were a couple sacks off the record of the 85 Bears. You didn't get it done. O-line depth. That's not horrible. Running game. Look at what you guys are saying. O-line depth. And running game. Yes. And yes. Yes. A corner who won't play. If you draft a cornerback at 10 this year, he won't play. But still, we drafted him in the first round. 
Yeah, but you paid two corners $14 million and north of $14 million. You pay him, you play him. He won't play. So it'll be the second draft in a row where your top pick gives you nothing. Solid drafting. You got to get production out of these players. You got to get production. Last year's draft and this year's draft, they have to play this time. And they have, not only do they have to play, they have to produce. Last year's draft produced, and I'm going to speak an Italian word, Ugats. Last year's draft gave you Ungats. Nada, nothing. An intelligent running back has to be because of pass protection. Okay, and by the way, let me just put this little nugget in your ear about Rashad Penny. You know another reason why Chris Carson constantly was on the field because of just the fact that he was always healthier? He was a better pass protector because Penny could never pick up the complex defensive blitzes. It was a main issue. For him, never starting in Seattle. He was terrible in pass protection. Terrible. So you got a guy who's broken down and can't protect the quarterback in blitz packages. That sounds solid to me. Bijan can't pass protect. So wait a minute here. So Breed brings a good point up. So Breed... You have the richest offensive line in the National Football League. And if it so happens that Bijan's not the best, you're paying over almost $100 million in that offensive line. And you're telling me that a guy who could get you 1,500 yards and maybe 70 catches and is an elite back, well, he's not the best at pass protection. Well, guess what? I spend a shitload of money and of the salary cap in that old line. That's okay. What's the point of spending $15 million on your center and another 30 on your tackles and another four on your left guard? What's the point? Gibbs is not better. He's cheaper. You could teach a back to pass protect. Really? Hmm. Couldn't teach Rashad Penny? Oh, that's right. Because he was never on the field. That's right. That's right. (laughs) You think Miles Sanders was some sort of like demon in pass protection? Wasn't bad. I wouldn't put him up there with Emmett. Emmett was exceptional. Emmett was, that's another thing that separated Emmett from Barry Sanders. He was exceptional in pass protection and he wanted to do it. Barry didn't. Bama backs produce more than Texas backs in the league. Really? You mean like Richardson? How's Najee Harris doing? Good or bad? O-line's not the best. He's not bad. He's pretty decent. He's okay. What are you going to claim Alvin Kamara, even though he was at Bama and had to go to Tennessee? 
Okay, maybe. Okay. Texas backs, really. Or you're talking recently because you're not talking history-wise, right? Ricky Williams, Earl Campbell. You're, you're talking now, right? Okay, you're talking now. Priest Holmes, you're not, you're, you're not talking history because that's not true. <laughs> okay, Derek Henry. Okay, Earl Campbell. Have you, recently. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. We'll stick there. So if the Eagles don't trade up to three, they stay at 10. And if there's not a superstar ball player there, I'm trading out of that pick because that's here. Let me ask you this. What do you think here? (laughs) What do you think is the most valuable pick 10 or 30? What's the most valuable pick? 10. Right? 10. Okay. You're going to get more twos and threes with 10s than you are with the 30th pick. God forbid one of those quarterbacks is available too. Who knows what you could get with that 10th pick? If you don't take Skronoski, Paris, Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, Bijan Robinson. Those are your best players that potentially could be around that area at that time of the draft. You don't know what the draft board's going to look like. You have no idea. There's probably going to be a ton of trades. I think there's going to be a lot of trades trading into the, the top 10. I do. Okay. I think there's going to be a lot of trades. The 10th pick gives you more picks this year that Howie can then take and be patient with. Can I tell you what I would do too? If I were Howie, I would take that 10th pick and split it up. Follow me here. Say you get four picks, two twos, and I'm just going to, I'm spitballing here. You get two twos and two threes. You know what I would want for that 10th pick? I would say this. If I can't get another one, I'd want a two this year and a three this year. And next year, I'd want your twos and threes and 24. Why? So Howie could continue to go down the line in the offseason and potentially make a trade for a big-time player like a Gardner Johnson who's underappreciated somewhere on someone's roster. This is where his genius is really his genius. That pro personnel department that the Eagles have spotlights guys who are on rosters. And I'll tell you what they do do a great job of. They look at the bottom half of that 53-man roster, and they do a fabulous – Kaiser White, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, okay? They look at guys like that, and they spotlight these guys, and they do an exceptional job of that. Look at what he did with A.J. Hey, instead of going into the draft and taking a crapshoot at a wide receiver that could fail again, he went and got a star. What did he do? He gave him a first-rounder for it. Phenomenal. It was totally worth it. So you could split the, I would split that 10th pick up. I would split the 10th pick. Okay? Split the 10th pick. Two this year, two next year. So that gives him equity to go around looking for a Gardner Johnson. Make sense? 
Dan, how many sacks or tackles would you have in today's game? Here's the craziest thing, Weapon. Back when I played, they kept 47 guys. Now they keep almost 70. I don't know how many numbers I'd have. I know I'd have played 13 years. I was the last player cut twice. They only kept 47 guys when I played. They didn't even have 53 guys. They have 47 guys. In some aspects, I think 43 were active. <laughs> Today, they keep almost 70. What is it, 19 guys on the practice squad? 19 guys on the practice squad. Dude, you, you guys, this is, dude, use that 10th pick to go find players that are on rosters. That's what he does great. That's what he does great. He He's not, again, I'm going to get to my top general managers here in a minute, and I'm going to tell you who Big Sills' top 10 GMs are. I saw the NFL.com list. I'm going to get to that here in a minute. That 10th pick, if you don't have a bona fide superstar in your mind at that position, I'm not drafting. Again, this draft has more question marks in it than any draft I have seen in the last 15 years. The edge rusher from Iowa never started. I don't know. Situational. Jalen Carter, all the off the field stuff. Bryce Young, too small. C.J. Stroud, is he really this, finally the Ohio State guy that's going to do it? B. John Robinson, probably one of the top five players in the draft. No one wants to draft a running back. Are you really going to take a TCU wide receiver again? Come on. Really? Anthony Richardson, 55% or less than that, what it was in his completion percentage. But all of a sudden, magically, He's going to turn into a 69% completion percentage quarterback in the NFL, and he's going to be the next Lamar Jackson. Come on, man. He couldn't win games at Florida. It wouldn't hurt my feelings if we did that again and got a player at 10. See, again, Early 90s Cowboys had the best O-line in football. That's why Emmett. You, you, you know what, though? So check it out. Brother Hannibal goes. Brother Hannibal makes the point that I make for Bijan Rob. Can, do me a favor, Tone. Put Brother Hannibal up. I'm going to show you something here. See this? Early 90s. Cowboys had the best O-line in football. That's why Emmett and Troy can walk without a limp. Okay. I was there. So you had Mark Tune. Who was a defensive tackle at UCLA and transferred to Hawaii. Dear friend of mine from Oceanside, California. Okay? Moved him around. He was there for Landry. You Kevin Gogan. Decent player out of Washington University. He was there under Landry. They drafted. 
they had Tom Rafferty there, but then they turned around and they got Mark Stebnoski when Jimmy was there. So Jimmy got Mark Stebnoski from Pitt. Nate Newton is another Landry guy. Right tackle. Who was the right? Uh, who was the right tackle the first Super Bowl? Was it Eric Williams? I think it was Eric. Okay. So Jimmy drafted two guys in that old line. Do you know the majority? Actually, what it was was Gogan played tackle and a guy named Crawford Kerr played guard. That's what it was. All those guys, except for the center, were drafted by Tom Landry. Tom Landry's last year in Dallas. They won four games. What happened when, when Jimmy put Emmett in that field? He turned that offensive line of castoffs, that same old line that Tom Landry had, his last three years in the NFL, turned that line into the best line in football. Why? Because he put a premium back back there. And that premium back made Nate look like the pro bowler, made Kevin Gogan look better, made Stebnoski the transition from guard to center, made Mark Tune an all-pro. You put, can you imagine putting an elite running back behind the Eagle running back or the running offensive line? Can you imagine doing that? Putting finally an elite guy back there? Tony, are you guys listening to me? You could take a line that's the best line in football and make it even more exceptional by putting a more exceptional player back there. Every one of those, everyone goes, Emmett played behind the best O-line in football. That's not true. Prior to him getting there, they got Steve Pallor killed, Danny White killed. They did nothing with that famous O-line. Nothing. They put an elite back back there. Emmett transformed that line himself into the top line. There were no first-round draft choices on that line. There weren't the equity and commodities that they had to spend in Philadelphia like they did in Dallas. That's a misnomer. Everyone assumes that the Cowboys went out and spent a ton of money. All those guys, almost every one of them but one was a Tom Landry guy. Every one of them. And the Cowboys did nothing with that line. Okay? Nothing. They got an elite back. Michael Irvin was a wide receiver on that Landry team. That's who. Michael Irvin wasn't drafted by Jimmy Johnson. He was drafted by Tom Landry. Now, see how people don't remember history? Well, the Cowboys were wonderful. Jimmy had already an O-line 90% intact. All he needed was the bell cow. And he got it. And Emmett changed that line. Not that line helping Emmett. Everyone always goes, well, Emmett had the better line than, than Barry. Emmett was the better player. Barry's great. Emmett was the better player. Am I wrong? Stepnoski was the only guy that Jimmy put on that team. 
Once he got Emmett, then Eric Williams came. He added two guys to the five. Two. Emmett had the better old line. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's not true. My job requirements have stunk over the last month. But listening to you talk about the draft has been saving me. Drop back, draft Bijan, stock up picks. Let's see what a star does behind our old line. Can you imagine that, John? And I appreciate that. And John, John, do me a favor. Keep the chin up, dude. Don't let anybody ever beat you. Don't let anybody beat you. Don't let anyone change you. Keep the chin up. On this show, the people that follow us, they keep their chins up, okay? Because we get to get away from the nastiness in the world. I'm rooting for you, brother. Thank you very much. Okay? Appreciate it. You put an elite running back behind that old line. This is, I think this is where Tone is with me. I, I know that Philly is with me. But guys, you've never had an elite back since Brian Westbrook. Brian Westbrook on that old line, good night oh my! He'd have 100 catches. I think he'd have 100 catches. I think he'd be Christian McCaffrey at his bat. Brian Westbrook would be the highest paid running back in today's NFL if he played behind that old line. I'm convinced. Shady? Holy shit. If you had Shady McCoy behind that line, he'd get 1,800 yards, 1,900 yards. And, dude, can you imagine the efficiency that the Eagles would be if you had an elite. Okay, let me ask you this. Brian, thank you. Okay. LaShawn McCoy is better than Miles Sanders. He's better than Miles Sanders. And Miles Sanders had 1,300 yards behind that line. Shady's better. Are you crazy? Shady have eighteen hundred yards behind that line. Here, let me ask you this: You put Derrick Henry on the Eagles. What do you think he would do? What would you guys done Kansas City, in in, in a Super Bowl? With your wideouts, your tight end, and your old line, Derrick Henry and Jalen Hurts. Oh wait, you want Miles Murphy? What what would Derrick Henry do? Would you guys have beaten Kansas City if you had Derrick Henry on your team? <laughs> By how many? Ten. Ten. I think you'd be Kansas City by ten. Because that guy's on the sidelines. <laughs> My chin's always up. Just a new system not working the way it used to. Gotcha, man. It's a huge mess. My birthday was last week. Wife took me out. Good man. Good job, John. Love it, man. Hey, that's right. John goes, Sills, ain't no crying in Philly, bro. <laughs> hey, hey, ain't no crying in Philly, bro. We're good. Prime Shady or Westbrook? Eagles run through the Chiefs. That's tone. Oh, God, yeah. I think they beat them by 10, 14 points. 10, 14. Shit, you had the league going into halftime. Second half, you keep, you turn around, give it to Derrick Henry. He gets 156 yards. You know what you guys are doing? You're up and down broad. Celebrating another one on Grease Poles. Can I say that? <laughs> yeah. 
So why wouldn't you you have a chance to do it now? And cheat, you don't have to pay Derrick Henry $13, $14 million. Okay? You don't have to do that. Get a guy in the draft. Get this. I don't want to pay for it. I don't want to get the 10th pickup. For an elite player, you'd rather go with the third-rated edge rusher or the second-rated cornerback versus the fifth-best player in the draft. How are you putting that together with con- – it's not what the Eagles do. Well, drafting a quarterback in the second round after giving a guy $38 million a year, it's not something they usually do either. Okay? Trading a first-round pick away for a wide receiver, I would think is probably not something that they traditionally do. He, every single move that he makes over these next two years has to have the quarterback's success in mind. Why do you think Baltimore went out and got Odell Beckham? What, for more Instagram followers or more Twitter followers? Henry would average 2,000 yards a season. He did. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Wow, can you imagine him running behind Jason Kelsey or Jordan Mulata or Lane or Landon? Oof. Man. I, I will take this, too, if you want to do this. I'll give, I'll give Tennessee the 30th pick for Derrick Henry. I'll draft Johnson at 10, put him at right guard. Let's go to work. <laughs> hey, how would that look? Be 6'6 across the line, except for the center who's HOF. And you've got the moving refrigerator behind. Dude, Jalen. Jalen hurts with throw. Jalen hurts my throw for 5,000 yards. That's one of the reasons why I always told you Jalen's not going to throw for 4,000 yards. He's going to be banged up too much to throw for that. He's just not. Does he have the ability? Yes. But he won't have the health. Are you guys under the notion that I thought Jalen Hurts couldn't throw for 4,000 yards last year? It's not that I said that he couldn't. I said he won't. Because he'll miss games. And he did. He's not going to throw for 30 touchdowns. Why? Not because he can't. Because he won't. That's it's 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 two years in a row now. Two years in a row, he's not played every game. Josh Allen played every game last year. Won 14 ball games. He played every game. But can you get him to throw for four thousand yards though? With talented people around him. He's not Patrick Mahomes, dude. Jalen Hurts is not throwing you into a Super Bowl without A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and no running game. And half the old line. That's what the kid in Kansas City, why he's paid that money. On that offense, outside of Travis Kelsey, name me one dude that's worth a shit. Orlando Brown, Okay. Orlando Brown and Travis Kelsey. Who else? 
Juju Smith-Schuster, Freddie Pacheco, the running back. There's nothing on that offense. It's a solid group of dudes that that guy turns into stars. That's why you pay a guy $50 million. Jalen's not winning a Super Bowl with that offense. You think Jalen Hurts would have went to the Super Bowl with Kansas City's offense? And that defense never happened. Never happened. Center's good. He is. Todd, he is. Center's good. Center's good. Center and left tackle. But not like not like Philadelphia. Hall of Fame center, two bookend tackles at 15 million, and a left guard who's emerging to be the replacement for Zach Martin as the best offensive guard in the NFC. Landon Dickerson is developing into a heck of a ball player. He he's really looking like he's gonna be something. He's just, I'll tell you this. He had a better season than Milata did last year, and he improved a lot. And he got better the entire game. He got better the whole season long. By the end of the year, man, I was like, man, Zach Martin's good, but this kid right here, man, he is on his heels. He's big. He's physical. He's young. He didn't get a first-rounder. You didn't have to give up a first-rounder for him. He, he saved, get this, Landon Dickerson saved a shitty Andre Dillard pick. You understand that? He saved a shitty Andre Dillard pick. Got a second rounder. The first rounder flamed out. Okay, if I'm the personnel department, that's kind of a win. Well, we didn't get it right in the first round. You know, he did sign with Tennessee for a boatload of money. And if a guy doesn't start in Philadelphia in the O-line, is that horrible? So you could kind of justify it. Well, our second rounder was better. Okay. Okay, but the problem was you let him walk in free agency, so you got nothing back in return. You know, so you didn't get anything in return for him. So that was kind of like, that's kind of a loss. You know what I'm saying? Because you didn't get anything for the guy. Look at Andrew. Andrew, I can't, no, Andrew, no comment. (laughs) Dickerson was hurt all year, too. He's a great football player. He's a great football player. Absolutely great football player. All right. I got to take a timeout, and I'm going to tell you my top 10 general managers. I saw the list. It's a pretty good list. My, my list is way different, though, than what those guys had. At 4.30, we're going to have our friend Philly 500. And I'm going to do a little more at the 10th pick here. Guys. I'm not ripping anybody here. I'm trying to win a Super Bowl. That's all I'm trying to do here. Okay? You guys can say, I'm pointing out to you. Listen, I'm trying to eliminate mistakes. Don't go drafting people that you're going to take gamble. This is a gamble draft. There's five wild players. The rest of them are gambles. Okay, even the wild players are gambles. But you want to go down... And get this, draft Joey Porter. Manny Diaz personally told me himself he thinks he's too slow. He's more of a safety. 
but you want to draft him at corner. <laughs> okay. The defensive coordinator at Penn State said that. I know Manny Diaz for 25 years. Hour number two, hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Heading down the shore. Have a ball once more. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Sirianni. How good is Nick Sirianni as a head coach? You think it's been an upgrade since Doug? How good is he? How good is this coach? 
What is the one thing that stands out about Nick Sirianni? Yell says, so far, so good. See that line there that Yale just said? So far, so good, I think applies every single year to every NFL head coach, doesn't it? You're only as good as the last game you coach. You're only as good as the last season that you coach. Your resume means shit to you. Or to people, actually. Bill Belichick's getting shit on right now. Why shouldn't Sirianni if things go sideways? Right? Ray Rhodes, a couple Coach of the Year awards with the Eagles. Fired his ass, too. Matt Nagy, Upper Chicago, Coach of the Year. Fired him. Doug Peterson, Super Bowl. Fired him. Brash and energetic. Okay. So he's energetic and he's brash. Is he a good coach, though? What's the one thing that you think Nick does that Doug couldn't do or wouldn't do? And don't say he's a better player coach. You don't think Nick Sirianni's a better player's coach than Doug Peterson. You, 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 you don't think that, do you? You think Sirianni's a better player's coach? Both made it to the Super Bowl in their second season. One won the game, the other didn't. Since he didn't deliver, still got to say Doug's better. I do think Sirianni's a good coach, but not better. That's tone. The players buy into Nick. He stays out of Howie's way. Very well done there, JM, because that's part of the process that Doug couldn't get and understand. And I know Frank told Nick, you want that job? Stay out of Howie's way. And don't piss in his barn. Doug couldn't help himself. Here's why Doug's a better player coach, though. Let's run the Philly special. Let's run it. It's the only phrase I need. Let's run the Philly special. Okay. Dude, tell me that's still gives me goosebumps when I, when I, when I think of that play, he's got all these fancy plays lined up in the red zone. Him and Frank are going over everything, and the player comes over and suggests it. And he goes, oh, that's a – M. Cos, that's a player's coach. Okay, run it. He was going to run something. Him and Frank had sold on something. Him and Frank were going to put the play in. The player comes over and goes, let's run this. Okay. That's a player's coach. You imagine going over and telling Belichick and changing his plays? You better be Tom Brady. You you better be Tom Brady. Great. <laughs> uh, hmm. I think Nick's good. I think he's doing a good job, man. I think he's doing the most important thing that Doug couldn't do. Get out of the way. Let Howie run the show. Let Howie run the show. Let him run the show. Okay? And he's comfortable in a submissive role. Doug was never. 
Nick Sirianni's in the submissive role. I don't care. Get this. You know, you have some media people trying to tell you that Nick Sirianni, he probably has a little more say in the coaching staff. But like I told you, watch this. Howie probably gives them a list of 15 guys they were looking at to be a position coach, and he had to pick a guy off the list. That's called setting the deck. There's nothing wrong with it because the Eagles have been excellent at hiring coaches. It's not a rip. Okay? Doug had certain instincts in the Super Bowl that Sirianni lacked. That's why he lost the lead. That's what I was talking about all year. When the moment arises, will Sirianni and his staff push the right buttons at the right time? Personally, I thought that coaching staff at times panicked last year. I thought they panicked. I did. Jonathan Gannon starts running press coverages in the Super Bowl against Patrick Mahomes, and they that's they they're they're, they're running crossing routes on him, and they're trying to pass off wide receivers in the Super Bowl. I thought they were going to run into one another. Look like the Keystone Cops out there. Look like the Keystone Cops. Doug was aggressive in the Super Bowl. Sirianni became passive and skittish. Yeah, dude, when, when you got a team, here, always remember this. When you got a team down, you got your foot on their throat, don't take it off until they're dead. Kill them, murder them, take them out, cut their heads off. Don't let them back up. Most of the time, when you let somebody up like that, they come back to haunt you. Okay? Hey, please hit the like button. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Here on the Friday. I'm going to give you my top 10 general managers. Philly 500 will join us at the bottom of the hour. Please, guys, hit the uh, like button for me there. Only three. Wow. That would be like one of our worst days if that happened. Come on, guys. Let's get it up there a little bit. I'm going to go from 10 up, and I'm going to tell you why these are my 10 favorite general managers. I saw that Howie Roseman from NFL.com was named the number one guy. Here's mine. Okay. At number 10, I got Tom Telesco, Justin Herbert, the left tackle, Austin Eckler, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, deals for Khalil Mack, Derwin James, getting the safety over from New, uh, from New England. He's really put a good football team together. He's just got a horrible owner. And an unqualified head coach. I got Tom to let that Charger roster is loaded. Okay, it's loaded, and getting to the here, the Chargers getting to the postseason. That's not good enough. That's not good enough. Got to be better, man. Got a lot of talent on it. That team's underachieving right now. Okay, that team is underachieving, needs to be better. I'll tell you somebody that I'm becoming more and more impressed with, and I think Chris Spielman has done a great job here with all those guys who put this guy in the building and put this guy in a position. I think Bob Quinn was the general manager of the Lions. I'm liking what Brad Holmes is doing. Jamison Williams a year ago, Aiden Hutchinson, um, what they're doing, they made, a, they made a move to get Gardner Johnson. 
Panay Sewell is in the O-line. They're building an O-line. They've reinvented Jared Goff. They got a fabulous running game. I I, I got to tell you, man, I think the Lions, and I, I haven't said that the Lions are doing a good job when it comes to personnel since Ron Hughes was there. They've really done a nice job, man. And by the way, Dan Campbell looks like he's panning out to be a pretty decent head football coach. The, the Lions, in a very tough place, are really doing a great job. So Brad Holmes, Detroit, I got him at nine. I got Brian Gutekust from Green Bay here at eight. And I'm going to put an asterisk here. How hard is it to be the general manager of a football team that's had Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers for the last 30 years? Okay. We're going to find out a little bit more about Green Bay moving forward when Rodgers officially gets announced as the Jets' starting quarterback. Okay? They do a great job at developing wideouts. But 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 here, think about this for a second. Okay? They've done a great job at developing wideouts. Well, what, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers? I know. We're going to find out if Jordan Love can develop wide receivers also. I mean, only two rings. Eagle Eagle fan, totally underachieved. Totally underachieved. They comp- Hey, I'll tell you this. Peyton Manning underachieved. Peyton Manning underachieved as a starting quarterback in the postseason. He underachieved. His time in Indianapolis, they deliver one Super Bowl with all that Hall of Fame talent. That's underachieving. Okay. Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison, Dallas Clark, Edgerin James, and Marshall Falk were your offensive players. And a line that was intact for 10 years. Saturday was the mainstay center, and they deliver one Super Bowl. You think that's achieving? You know, as much as you want to shit on Aaron Rodgers, how do you th- what what makes Peyton Manning's postseason better than Aaron Rodgers' postseason has been? He's been upset too. Now He's in the era of Brady. That matters. It's like being in the era of Tiger. So I get that. But Green Bay, Green Bay's got a lot of talent, man. They do a good job at developing talent. They do a good job at finding talent. Look at what they did with the guy Douglas that you guys threw away. This guy's making big money now in the secondary in Green Bay. They hire some pretty good coaches. They do a decent job. We're going to find out, Matt LaFleur, if he's really the guy or not, though. Again, no Aaron Rodgers any longer. Okay, we're going to find out how good a coach you are as well. At seven, I got John Lynch. I think John has gotten everything right but the quarterback. And he may have fell into Purdy. Think of this for a second. Look at this. This This is a Tom Brady New England moment here. And maybe even a Seattle Seahawks, even though a third rounder is pretty high. But think of this for a second. So you trade up to get to the two hole. You give all those first rounders away. You land on Trey Lance. And he, as of right now, sucks. You let Jimmy Garoppolo out of the building. And you got lucky with Mr. Irrelevant. You didn't find that quarterback. The quarterback happened to be knocking on the front door. And he was the last guy picked in dodgeball. Think about that. Brock Purdy was the last guy picked in dodgeball. 
Okay. You know, when you're putting your dodgeball teams together, all right, I'll take him. That's who he was. Same with Brady. Okay, I'll take him. Right? You, the, Brock, it, it, the 49er folks are like, oh, we got Brock. Yeah, well, dude, he was the last pick, guy picked in pickup ball. Okay? They told Brock Purdy could save the Trey Lance deal if he turns out to be an all-pro quarterback. He could save that pick for Lynch. But they've been pretty good, man. Warner, Boza, getting the trade for Trent Williams, moving and getting Christian McCaffrey. John's done a nice job, man. Now he's missed on the Solomon Thomases and all them guys too. All right? That era spoiled us with appointment setting every Sunday. Absolutely. Absolutely. And now the quarterback is injured and uncertain with Purdy. Agreed. Agreed. I saw that Trey Lance is working with Patrick Mahomes. That's a great sign for me. That don't mean he wins the job, though. He could be working with Joe Montana. <laughs> okay? That doesn't necessarily mean he's going to have traits like Joe Montana, but it's a good sign that he's working. Hey, look at what Jalen did. He went with Tom House last year. I, isn't it funny? Hey, hey, Tone, I reported that Jalen was working out with Tom House. No one believed it in Philly, and finally it came out. Everyone's like, oh, maybe the guy did. I had guys over there telling me he was eating at um, Team Mussolini's restaurant. Team Mussolini, yes, that Team Mussolini. I told some of you who know the story has a restaurant, and uh, Jalen would walk in there and have some lunch or dinner at Team Mussolini's restaurant with Tom House. And Timu calls me and goes, hey, guess who just walked in? I'm like, who? He goes, Jalen Hurts. I'm like, Jalen's out with Tom House. Interesting. Interesting. And he worked on his game. Very good. At six, I got less Sneed. Rams. Rams won the Super Bowl. Did they suck last year? Yes. Did they draft Aaron Donald? Did they draft Cooper Cup? Did they make a move for Matthew Stafford? Yes. Two years of shit ball? Maybe one year of shit football? They won a Super Bowl. It was worth it. All chips were pushed in. They beat Brady in the NFC title game. They win, they move on, and that's it. Mission accomplished. And they hired Sean McVay. And they hired Sean McVay. I get Brandon Bean. I think Buffalo's done a nice job of retooling that football team. Sean McDermott has a lot of say also in the personnel, especially on the defensive side of the football. But that's a pretty good-looking duo up there. Um, And by the way, they're not under any pressure to win the Super Bowl. They got a 10-year window. The Bills have a 10-year window with him. This guy's 25 years old. You think they're under pressure? Maybe, maybe McDermott is, but that quarterback's not. There's a 10-year window in Buffalo. They're going to be contenders for the next decade. They'll win one. At four, I got John Schneider, Seattle. Who would have thought that Seattle would have had a better season than Denver, moving Russell Wilson? Seattle had a better year. Actually beat them, too. John Schneider is a heck of a talent evaluator. If I'm looking to make some moves and trying to find guys on rosters, that's a roster I look at, too. Okay? I think he's done a nice job up there, man. Guy who's underrated. And he works for the cheapest owner in football, Duke Tobin, Cincinnati. 
Um, Duke's done a nice job. Higgins, Jamar Chase, they've retooled the O-line. They got it right with Burrow. Their defense is underrated. Their head coach is underrated. That's a pretty good organization. Hey, by the way, I think that Joe Burrow and Mike Brown conversation about a salary and about a long-term deal, I think it's going to get ugly too. Number two, I have Howie Roseman. I'll tell you why. Philadelphia. It's not that that I think that Brett Veach is better than him. He won the Super Bowl. He's the king. How can Howie be the king if the other guy won the Super Bowl? Traded away Tyree Kill. Put two rookie corners in the Super Bowl. A rookie running back. They just lost Orlando Brown. Quarterback breaks all records. And they win the Super Bowl beating Howie Roseman's team. It's the only reason. If Howie had won the Super Bowl, I would have said him number one. Yeah, but winning, man, has to matter. <laughs> okay? It has to matter. You, you, you don't become the king by losing. And at the end of the day, Veach and Andy Reid, since John Dorsey left, have won two Super Bowls and been to five consecutive AFC Conference Championship games. And they're losing talent. The first Super Bowl team had more talent than this team that beat Philly. And it's because of personnel decisions. Of course, the quarterback. Okay? And of course, the quarterback. How he taught Veach everything he knows? Well, so the pupil outdoes the teacher. Because he did. The pupil outdid the teacher. That's right, Neil. It's the only reason is the Super Bowl win that separates those two guys. I think those two guys, along, I think Duke Tobin's, Duke Tobin's been to two straight AFC title games. I think he's doing a great job. I do. John Schneider, I would never have believed that John Schneider could have dug out of the Russell Wilson. Hey, honestly, the job that the general manager of Seattle's done by digging out of that hole in one year has been remarkable. So before I bring Philly 500 in, here, here's my top 10 general managers. NFL.com had Howie won. I had Telesco 10, Brad Holmes from Detroit 9, Brian Goodenkest, Green Bay 8, John Lynch 7, San Francisco, Les Sneed, Rams, Six, Brandon Bean, Buffalo, five, John Schneider, Seattle, four, Duke Tobin, Cincinnati, three, Howie Roseman, two, Philly, and Brett Veach, Kansas City, one. And the only reason, like I said, that I put Veach number one, because he beat him. He's the king. That's it. If Howie had one, I would have said Howie's the best. But you got to give the guy his due. He's won two Super Bowls in the last five years. Okay, that being said, we bring our boy in Philly 500. What do you make of that list, brother? I like it. I like it. I, I, I'd I flip one and two personally, but I like it. Yeah. Only reason, again, and the only reason is because Veach won the Super Bowl. You know, it's, mm. it's I think both guys yeah. have done a great job. But I will say this about Veach. 
I mean, they've lost so much personnel in Kansas City, but the quarterback allows them the autonomy to make those moves because he's so yeah. elite and so special. So, yeah. again, I, I personally, do you agree when I say this? Jalen Hurts couldn't take that Kansas City team to the Super Bowl. Well, wait a minute. Andy Reid's, if Andy Reid's his coach. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, Andy's pretty Close. good coach, and, and, he, and he makes – here's the thing I'll say is it, if you look at where Kansas City was going into that season, they were already contenders. If you look at where the Eagles were when we lost to Tampa, we were clearly a team that you could say we're not, we're not ready to play and be on that level. So the amount of things that Howie – the amount of movement he had to do to get to that level to even compete with Kansas City, I thought was tremendous. I'm going to show you something here, Philly. Mm-hmm. Do, do, were, were you able, are you old enough to watch and have watched Emmett Smith play? Yes. Okay. You would say that Emmett had the better old line than what I'm going somewhere when I'm going to show you that Barry oh, Sanders okay. did not have a very good old line. Emmett had the better line, and that's what made Emmett the better player. Because he had the better old. Oh, I, I think. I, oh man. I, uh, this, now this is going to be like my dad, and this is me. And my dad's argument. I'm. I'm Barry Sanders is my guy. Like to me, he's the greatest running back I've ever seen. So I and you I think, think the difference, better. and you think the difference was the old line in Dallas. Well, I think. I. I mean, I think he definitely had a better line. He also played a lot longer. Like if Barry Sanders plays. And extends his career. Let's it's true. Five more years. He ain't. Emmett's not getting close. No, no, no. To Barry. You're you're dead on. And by the way, Barry was a teammate of mine. Yeah. So I'll tell you this: He averaged fifteen hundred yards a year. He averaged ten touchdowns, and he had left the game at fifteen hundred yards. He was just like a thousand yards shy of breaking Walter yeah. Payton's record. But I want to show you something here, and I'm going to translate this over to the Eagles okay. now. Okay. That old line that was in Dallas. Mark Tune was a Landry guy. Nate Newton was a Landry guy. K- 
Kevin Gogan was a Landry guy. Crawford Kerr was a Landry guy. The mm. only guy they brought in was Mark Stepnoski. What change? And you know how many wins they had with Tom Landry his last two years? Four wins a year. Yeah. Do you know what changed that line into being the greatest line? An elite back. Yeah. Emmett Smith changed that line into elite all pros. My point is in Philly, you put an elite back mm-hmm. behind Jalen Hurts. Oh. You turn already a superstar line into mm-hmm. maybe the greatest line in the history of the league. Because you've had no superstars since Brian Shady and Brian Westbrook. Those right. two dudes. Yeah. Bro, you put an elite player back there behind him. Doesn't yeah. that change the room against Kansas City? How about this? If you had Derrick Henry running the ball against Kansas City, how many points do you beat Kansas City by in the Super Bowl? I think you beat him by at least seven. I, I think you win the game. I think if you could have run the ball, if they ran the ball more effectively, uh, Kansas City may get one less ser- series to to drive down the field. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, and and – I yeah, I do agree with your point is about a, a, a great running back with a great line. I, I totally am in agreement with you. Um, I say it all the time. If the Eagles offensive line is so great, they make an average running back great. What do they what do they make a great running back? Correct. They make it historic. That's what the they make. The only position on the offense that you're not a lead is running back. Right. I Dude, oh I, I totally agree totally agree. Do you agree too? Also, Philly building a team around Jalen mm-hmm. is completely different than building a team around Wentz. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna do it in different ways. A- absolutely, a one hundred percent. But I mean, if we're talking about building a team and what do we always say? Stability, right? When these guys are play together year after year, what are we talking about? Running back. Okay, you got Penny. He goes out, he has a great year, he's gone. Gonna bring another room. We're gonna play musical chairs at running back for the next what three to four years um with Hertz. Or you go out and you get a really good back and you plug him in for four to five years and you don't have to worry about it anymore. Yale goes like this. He goes, the defense needs work. I'll say this to you. I wouldn't look at Kansas City's defense and go, that's an elite group of dudes. They got an elite tackle, right? okay? They got an elite tackle, pretty good linebacker, rookie corner. I mean, but you got an elite coach, an elite quarterback. Yeah. The Eagles, in my opinion, still have a better roster than Kansas City does. Do you agree? Yeah, I, I do. I do. I, I felt I felt like we should have won won that Super Bowl. And and I get I know why people say it because they say it. Well, let's we get one. We have one. You know, one stop. We probably win that game, and that's that's very true. But in today's NFL, it's really it's not the the old adage. You know, defense wins championships. I it, it it's not the same NFL. It's. Good offenses win championships with opportunistic defenses. That's what you need. That's what the Eagles need. Show people that hat. I just realized what you got there. Look at this. Draft five. <laughs> it's even Longhorn colors. That's right. That's right. When, when he's drafted to Philly, it turns green, baby. 
Dude, he wears green. the flat. Br- he wears the flat brim too. That's a good looking hat right Draft there. Five, bro. baby. We're, we, I am doing everything in my 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 realm of possible. I'm doing everything I can to bring this guy to Philly because I think it's such a it, it's such a right move for the Eagles. It just it just makes too much sense to me. You know? here, here and and it, you hear people they would rather draft the third best red edge rusher than a guy that can help win the Super Bowl. Yeah, there's no I, logic to that. I, I mean, it, it like it really depends. Like to me, it depends where you're at. Like if you're you know if you're a couple years away from Super Bowl, I get it. But when you're you were one series away from winning, and you have the tenth pick overall, and I'm not even saying you have to use the tenth pick, but you know, you're in a situation where you're going to win now. This guy is going to come in and every single carry he has is going to be a meaningful carry. So I think at some points in time, you can have the, you know, you can have your way of doing things. But if you can't ever adjust or be open to opportunity, you're going to miss out a lot. And you've got to take advantage of the situation that is in front of us. That's how I see it, you know. Um, Philly, uh, this is Tone here, knowing what we know about running back shelf life. And I agree, it's about five years, okay? Mm-hmm. This yeah. offense is so elite. You, you think I care about a five-year-old first-round pick? Absolutely, especially if you go out and win the Super Bowl. Who gives a shit about that, right? Who cares? Right. Well, I mean, we, we just had, we, we, we just had um, what, Jalen Rager? He's gone. We had uh, Andre Dillard. He's gone. These are first round picks that didn't last five years. So it happened. And you got Derek Barnett on the GI Bill. He sucks the <laughs> right. whole time. I mean, right. Come on, and, man. And you got and you got two picks. It's it's not like it's not like you're 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 using the only first round pick you have. This is an extra pick. And think about this, Sills. I want to ask you this. Imagine if the Eagles were in a position where they trade back out of 10. Let's say you trade back out of 10. And you get an extra first round pick, right? So yep. you get an extra first round pick plus what you have. Now you go into next year with two ones, two yep. twos, yep. three threes, two fours. At what point do you say, you know what? I think we're gonna be able to follow our draft um the way we want to, but we can we can go off the beat right here and draft a talent like Bajan Robinson. To me, it, it just the opportunity is there to be seized. Here, here, here's what I suggested too. If you don't have the onions to move up to get Anderson at three, Bijan, you're not doing it. Jalen Carter, maybe one of, maybe Paris Johnson. If you're not going to take one of those guys, I said this: trade out, mm-hmm. get two twos and two threes, and I'll show you why. Get get a two and a three for this year. And then a two and a three for next year. Let Howie go out, scour the rosters like he did last year for guard. Look at what he did with Gardner Johnson. He turned him into the $6 million man with nine days to the start of the season. You take one of next year's picks that you traded out of 10 to go get maybe a quality player. Right. On a one-year deal. And you bring them in. Okay, knowing full well you may not be able to keep them, but if it helped you win the Super Bowl and plug the gap for one year, right? With all those picks you have next year with compensation picks, yeah, use some of those picks at ten 
right. for commodities on trading for for players. Right. Makes sense? Uh, yeah, it makes total sense to me. I mean, I, I, I've been real – you know, everybody talks about Bijan at 10, Bijan 10. My my focus hasn't even been Bijan at 10. My focus has been take take Jalen Carr or take a defensive player at 10 fine. But with that 30th pick and that extra second, that's where you've got to make the move up, and that's where you snag him right there. That That's how I would play if I was the Eagles. How about this one? You know, I – I, I I was talking to a friend of mine last night and he's in the NFL. And I said, boy, the Eagles need another number three. He goes, why? What do you expect the number three guy to do in Philly? Have 50 catches? I went, right. no, but if he's, if it's, he goes, wouldn't you rather have the illusion of a guy running a four, three, potentially breaking the top off of a defense? What right. fears you more? A guy with five catches who can't get it in the end zone. Or a guy that could break your defense down running four threes. Right. I go, the guy with four three. And yeah. he's shown he can catch that. Yeah. And I said, so you're saying, he goes, I wouldn't do anything with number three. I'd keep that guy there because let me tell you something. The one thing a coordinator is going to do, he's not going to look at a number three guy who's got 15 catches on a year. And he, Zach Pascal doesn't frighten you, dude. No. Quez Watkins does because he gets behind you. Right. And he can break down a defense. So to me, doesn't it make more sense to stay status quo with that position then? I'm not yeah. saying you don't draft a guy maybe in four, five, and six. But to me, at the end of the day, I'm more fearful of Quez's speed getting behind my defense than I am of a guy making five catches that right. – and A.J. and Devontae, I'm still trying to develop those guys, and I don't want to take yeah. any catches away from Dallas Goddard. So, I mean, doesn't it make more sense just to stay pat at where that is right now? Yeah, I mean, it does. I, I never really looked at it from, from that perspective, and, and I kind of like it because um, it does make sense. But I, I, I wasn't too keen on rushing or pushing Quez Watkins out the door. I don't mind bringing in competition. Right. I, I, I do think he has something to offer, and, and that speed is, is something I really, really like. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I agree with it. I, the two real holes on offense I see are possibly that right guard spot because yep. we just don't know what Jurgens and then the running back spot. I don't yep. see how you can feel comfortable at the back at all. I don't, you know. See, if I was if I was relying on my number three wideout to have 50 catches, that's one thing. That's like Kansas City. There's no real one there except for the yeah. tight end, right? So the right. rest of them are going to share the load when it comes to catching catches. So you're not you maybe want a better upgrade at three making catches, but if you got 2,000-yard wide receivers with 90 catches, I'm not. it's not imperative for me to get Quez Watkins 50 catches. Right. It's imperative for Quez to be a threat deep. And so yeah. I think people in Philly are looking at that third hole and going, hey, we need a better player there. I, yeah. I don't know about that. I mean – Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I, I kind of agree. I, I'm not in a rush to, to get rid of Quez. I don't mind bringing in competition – but, yeah, I, I'm not in a rush. I, I don't think it's as imperative as people think. But I do think people get frustrated because of the fumble, because of the drop. And him, he, him not fighting in traffic. I mean, having the football yeah. take, taken away from him sometimes because he does have that happen to him. Now, I'm going to yeah. bring this up to you about Jordan Davis. So, how impressed were you with Jordan Davis's uh, combine last year? The combine, yeah, very, very impressed. Four yeah. seven eight, three hundred. 
40 pounds, no. whatever it was, right? Yeah, yeah. I, was, I think insane, I freaked out. Ran insane <laughs> drills, right? Yeah, I was freaking out. I was watching it live. I was live. I was too. Yeah. Yeah. Men that big aren't supposed to move like that. No, no. Okay, so let's fast forward to this year's combine. Who yeah. impressed you the most this year at this year's combine? Kalijah Kansi. How about Nolan Smith? Nolan Smith too, yeah. Yeah. So we're going to go down that line again with Nolan Smith, and we're going to watch a workout warrior who had three sacks a year at his time at Georgia, non-productive, played eight games last year. And you're right. going to – not you, Philly, but no, no. people right. are going to fall in love with Nolan Smith because Nolan Smith had a great combine, the same thing as Jordan Davis did. Didn't you learn your lesson last year? Look at the tape. Right. Yeah, I mean – I like Nolan Smith. I don't like him at 10, though. Uh, you know, so it, it's, it's hard Do you like me. him at 30? Maybe. It, it would depend on, on what's there. It would depend on the board. You know, um, the, I, I like the kid what, from Georgia Tech, Keon White. Yeah. The, you know, that, that's a kid I, I think is like. That's a value pick, too. Very raw, very, a lot of upside, you know. But I, I don't I, I don't dislike Nolan Smith, but I wouldn't take him at 10, you know. I, I really think that they like I, I know this is like not what people think. I think they're going if Jalen Carter's not there, I think they're going offense early because that's their bread and butter at the end of the day. I, I really think and uh, it helps Jalen line right away. You you have to, you know, people are so caught up in building for the future two, three years down the road. But what about next year? I haven't heard people say, all right, this is going to make us better this year. We were just in the Super Bowl. I'm not ready to take any steps back. I want to go back. So to me, I look at the first pick is, all right, who's going to come in and who could I put in right away that will impact this team? Offensive lineman, you get me a guard like a Paris Johnson, I can put him right guard day one. That's that's impact. Jalen Carter, I think he makes an impact. Will Anderson, I think he would make an impact. Bajan Robinson, he makes an impact. Very good. So that's that's how I'm looking at, at this draft. I, I watch this too. Malata, six eight, six five. Dickerson. I I I do this on the center. Hof. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Right guard with with Paris, six six. Your right tackle, yeah. six five. So right. You're theoretically six five, six six across. You're 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 average with Malata being six eight. You're six six across the board in your O line. You think that helps Hurts out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I right? think so. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and, you know, you never can have too many offensive linemen. And what I, what I like with a guy like Paris Johnson is that when Lane retires, I, I can put him out there at right tackle. Correct. You're you developing know? his replacement while he's being productive right. for you instead of having Cam Jurgen sitting on the sidelines chewing on ice. Right. You have Lane Johnson's replacement in the game, developing, playing in between a right. hall, two Hall of Famers. Yeah, being coached exactly. by a Hall of Fame coach. Exactly, and Dude, and, and it, yeah, I agree. It just makes sense. And and if you think about it, if you look at where the Eagles have allocated their resources this all season, they haven't done anything on offense except for Penny. They have everything's been defense, defense, defense. That leads me to believe that they're going to go offense early and it's going to surprise some people. Are you sold in the Kobe Dean? 
I I like Nicobe Dean talent wise, but I have to see it on the field. I I have to see it on the field first. I, I here, here's where I'm going with it. So Devin White potentially could be available. Mm-hmm. Would you take that thirtieth pick? Send it to Tampa. Can you imagine doing this? At ten, you draft Jalen Carter. Mm-hmm. At thirty, you trade the pick for Devin White. Got to pay twenty million, eighteen million for the guy, but he's rated as the best inside linebacker in the National Football League in Philly. He's been the captain of the Buccaneers mm-hmm. the last three years. He's won a Super Bowl. He's won division titles, and he's a guy you wouldn't have to talk to for the next decade, and you stop the bleeding at that position by putting a guy who is as good as Roquan Smith in the middle of your defense where you've already got problems with depth at tackle, your safety positions, question marks. You don't even have legitimate linebackers yet, and you put a guy like that who is the legitimate linebacker. Would you do it? The Bucks need draft choices too. You know why? Their salary cap hell. They've got to dump a ton of salaries mm-hmm. because of that whole Brady fiasco. Well, it delivered. So would you think I, about I, doing that? Can you think – look at this. Think of what your draft would be. If you got Jalen Carter and you got Devin mm-hmm. White, you think that's a grand slam draft? Yeah. Defensively, yeah, it, it would be. I still, I'd still have problems offensively, though, in my opinion. That, that's what, that's what scares me. Um, because well, you I just I answered think, it, but you just answered it in the draft with two moves. Right. You would get two impact players. There, there's no question about it. Um, but I still, I still need that running back <laughs> because I think they've got a legitimate you, problem. Man. I, I hey, think, I'm I think, with you. I'm listen, with you I mean, with the running back, they, man. They have a legitimate problem. What if Penny goes down and he gets hurt? What What do you mean, what, what you if? Mean? You mean when? When. <laughs> right, right, right. He's not been healthy. His, he has not been healthy. His career, I, I, I got to address the running back. Now, I'd like Bajan. I'll take, I'll take Gibbs. I, to me, I need to have one of those two guys. But, 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 and, and what kills me is, is that when, when people start talking sideways about the running back position at number ten, I'm like. You should be doing everything in your power that every move you make has something to do with the guy you're going to pay $50 million to. Right. Okay. Right. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. You, you, you help Jalen. You put yeah. a premium. And you know what? If Jalen's going to take advantage of the old line, Philly, right. let the entire offense take right. advantage of the old line. Put an yeah. elite guy behind him. Yeah. What's I, the problem I, with that? I I I I think people get hung up on the fact that they hear a running back is a devalued position, is a devalued position, it's a devalued position. I, I debate people all the time over this. How but could it you, be a de- devalued position if it helps you win the Super Bowl? I well, hey, I, Philly, I agree. If I agree. a placeholder right. helped you win the Super Bowl and you had to draft him at 10, right? Wouldn't you? Yes, I'm one sure. thing away from winning everything. I don't give yeah. a shit what the commodity is, yeah. what the money is. I I I look at Bijan like this. 
I don't I don't just look at him as a running back. And no, and he's a pass catcher too. You he, put him in the he's Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, you're drafting a weapon. You don't look at him as a running back. Look at him as a weapon, an instant weapon on your team. And if you use if you say it like that, people kind of go, yeah, okay, yeah, need a weapon. You know, but I think people get hung up on the fact that he's a running back and that we have a great line, so we don't need to, and we can go address another position. But I don't know. I really don't know in this draft maybe two other guys that would come in and instantly upgrade your team. There's only two other guys that I think do that, Carter and Will Anderson Jr. He's going to come in, and he is going to be your best running back on your team. He may even win rookie of the year being behind that Eagles offensive line. How about um, this? How about just, this? Folks in Carolina have been telling me when the Niners made that move to get McCaffrey, mm-hmm. they had been negotiating with Howie Roseman to get him up to Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. And they were interested in bringing McCaffrey, but San Francisco had to overpay for him, which they did. They gave him a right. boatload. Howie wasn't willing to give up as much as San Francisco was. Doesn't yeah. that tell you, though? The kind of player he – I think this is one of the reasons why they moved off of Miles Sanders is because they wanted a player on what you just said that resembles that. Yeah. Well, Bijan Robinson, he resembles the player that Howie – Howie's number one trade day acquisition, there were two of them. Brian Burns from Carolina, the end. The mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Rams offered them two ones, Philly, and guess what? They, Carolina mm-hmm. said no, but they said yeah. McCaffrey. Right. Instead to San Francisco. I know. The second guy was McCaffrey. And yeah. How he's in a doesn't that kind of tell you that they're yeah. kind of maybe leaning on that's they have one guy in that backfield that resembles yeah. McCaffrey. I, I think I think there's a better shot than people think. Me to too. To I, I'm not saying it it's 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 gonna happen or it's likely. But I think the there's a better shot than people think because we know for a fact that the Eagles wanted McCaffrey out of the draft. They were willing to spend a first-round pick on him, but it, they couldn't get him. So I believe if they view him in the same light as they see Christian McCaffrey, I think they're taking him. How about what this guy just said? It's another great point. If Bijan comes in, he's not only the best running back on the team, but he automatically turns into the third best wide receiver on the team. Third best. Let's see. You think he over Goddard? I would say fourth, maybe. Right? If because Goddard's a pretty good receiver. He he's tremendous. So I would say, but he might have the same fourth. impact as Goddard. Right. Because Goddard oh, blocks yeah. and catches. Yeah. He runs the and, ball, and and, and he also. You also get to take pressure off of Jalen Hurts having to constantly run on those third and ones. I can now hand it off to a 220 pound back. I don't have to risk my quarterback nearly as much. You know, I mean, people talk about like I argue people talk about Kareem Hunt. Let's go sign Kareem Hunt. Well, you're going to pay Kareem Hunt more money than you're going to pay Bijan Robinson, correct? Because he's a veteran. And correct. also, if the Browns are saying somebody's slow, I ain't touching them. I heard that. They, I heard the same thing. Yeah. He said that the Browns, the reason that they're not bringing him back is because they believe he's yeah. lost a step. So, so why would I want him? <laughs> would you think about Zeke Elliott? I would rather Zeke over um, over uh, Hunt 
But I, I come back to the same problem. Why am I going to spend extra money to pay Zeke when I can get Bijan Robinson for five years at what four million dollars a year? Why would I pay? Why would I pay money for guys that have no tread left? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if we, you, we, if, like Tone just said, and we, you and I agree. So these guys, after five years, dude, they start. Yeah. Unless you're a freakazoid like Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry. Right. I mean, there's Derrick Henry, Adrian Peterson. There's guys yeah. like that, Philly, that are just yeah. – they're just freak shows. And I get I it. saw I saw Henry in high school. I watched really? Henry. Yeah, I, I was in Yulee, Florida. And he goes to Yulee High School. And I That's just right. Happened, I just happened to go to this game. I was like, oh, I'm going to go check this game. And I'm like, this guy's running for like almost 300 yards. Like, <laughs> who is that guy? It was Derrick Henry. So I yeah he he's a he's a beast man I I love that guy second round two by the way he went yeah he didn't go in the first round Najee right, Harris man. can thank him for that so right. okay so you you in your heart don't think they take the kid at five at ten no no I I don't think I don't think they're taking him at ten I do think there's a chance that they do something with him in the second with that second pick I do think there's a possibility that they would trade up for him. I, how about, I how, Philly, how about if Robinson falls to like 14? Yeah. Would you I trade think, down and draft him? Well, it, it depends. If Jalen Carter's there, I got to take Jalen Carter. Okay. So to me, that, if none that, of those guys are there. No. Yeah. And yeah. And, and Bijan's still there. At 14? At 12, 13? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I take him. Would you would yeah. you would you trade down to get more picks and land on the guy? Dude, I would. I yeah. think that's a possibility because you know what? Yeah. I don't think he's gonna be a top ten guy. No, he's not. And, and I don't think the But he could be a top thirteen guy. Yeah. Could well, you know, the reports are that Belichick loves him, that they, they might take him at 14. So we have Belichick, the greatest coach ever. He he's were he doesn't mind taking a quarterback at 14. Why should we? I don't understand. It, you know? my, my, my fear is the Cowboys trading up. Well, yeah, I think the Cowboys want him if he's there. I don't know if they'll be aggressive. See, I think the Eagles, they've got they've got all those picks next year. You've got two twos. If you got that 30th pick and you took that same second-round pick, you probably could get up to like 15, 16, 17. That's the move. Like if you could get Carter at 10 and then come back up, and take Robinson. Now I would have two impact guys right away. Blue chip guys. I, I really think that's the move. And I think the Eagles, you know, I think if they like them as much as they like Christian McCaffrey, I think we got a shot. I don't think they'll take him at 10, but I do think they will either trade back or trade up for him. I, I'm not saying that I think they're going to, but I think How I think there's a better chance him? than people make it seem. Would you would you feel comfortable with him taking him at 13? Because yeah. then you would have got picks because you traded the pick. You probably would have got a second or potentially another third right. for the yeah, guy to I, trade I down. Yeah, listen, I, listen, I'll be honest with you. Me personally, I've come to the point where if if Anderson and Carter are off the board, I have no problem taking them personally. I know they won't. I agree, I agree too. I agree too. But, you know, because you you're, you, you got you to gotta take advantage of opportunity. You're a Super Bowl team who – just lost their best running back who could really go back. And you're talking about making your offense better, 
protecting your quarterback and providing stability for the next five years. I don't see where the downside is. Completely agree. We're getting closer and closer. The lid is spectacular. Draft five. I mean, the lid is spectacular. Don't forget, make sure, because I did the other day, Google Philly 500 and watch his podcast. He kills it. He absolutely knocks it out of the park. And he goes back and forth kind of the same way we do. Um, It's a, it's a hilarious informative show and you do a great job. Philly. Thank Thank you, brother. I appreciate you having me on for me. Appreciate it, man. You got it. Philly 500 hour. Number two, hit the like button. Keep it here on the national football show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, Injured victims are always the underdog, but that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. football show love catching up with my boy 
Philly 500. I just got killed on Facebook. Guy goes, hey, Sills, you know, we've been friends a little bit here. And I'm like, I didn't even know I followed the guy. But trying to reach out to you. I see. I'm not like Ben Simmons. I don't sit on Facebook going back and forth trying to troll for chicks that don't exist. <laughs> I'm just, I'm not that guy, man. I'm always afraid of being catfished or somebody's trying to go after me here. So I never, yeah, I, I'm not like Brett Favre, dude. I don't send like you know penis pictures and shit like that. I'm not, I'm not that guy. So people are like, yeah, I tried reaching out to you on your thing, and I'm like, bro, Sills don't do that. <laughs> man, type, hey, hey, tone. Well, I'll tell you the story. So one day there was this really hot chick. She's like, or I thought it was. So I'm talking on Facebook. And my wife sneaks up over my shoulder and she goes, right in my ear, you don't really think that's a real woman, do you? That. Yeah. She's like, yeah, a 22-year-old girl who looks like that is trolling a fat old guy like you. Really? And I go, what are you saying? She's like, that's probably some 700-pound fat dude with more hair than you have. Laughing his ass off, sitting with no clothes on. In his basement. And I'm like, you really think so? She's like, no, I'm sure that's who it is. Walks away. Completely ruined everything for me. This is about 10 years ago, too. I was like, so every time, because you know you, you know, on your Facebooks, you see these smoking hot women. Now I just delete them and no thank you. I ignore it all and this and that. Hey, hey, five star. No, no, no. I No. Now, hey, I'm not adverse to like liking a good-looking picture or something here that's on Twitter. So, yes, that's a true statement. However, going like this, so my, seriously, scared the shit out of me. My wife comes over my shoulder and goes, you don't really think that's what it is, do you? And I go, yes. She's like, of course you do. All you men think that 22-year-old women are trolling fat old guys like you. So that you could what? Send penis pictures. And, and I go, well, I wasn't. She goes, I know, honey. It's okay. <laughs> See, when you're, hey, when you're married to somebody for 35 years, like I have been, reality is always a good thing. And I thank her every day for it. <laughs> hey, yell. E either that or it's some cop sitting there going, I'm going to get this guy good. I'm going to get this guy good. Yo, you wait. I'm doing, but then again, you always remember big sills don't leave the Dan cave. So you don't have to worry about that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't really think that that's really who that well, my wife just come. See my wife ruined an egg roll for me and she ruined trolling on Twitter or, and, and Facebook for me. You know, there's cabbage in an egg roll. What? cabbage i used to eat egg rolls with my grandpa all the time you know there's cabbage in it you what ruined egg rolls for me this ruined an egg roll i've never eaten an egg roll since i used to eat egg rolls with my me and my grandpa we get egg rolls from our guy who used to buy lobsters for us shit 
JM, Erin Andrews was not a troll. She trolled me. She trolled me. I said she was horrible on the air. So what did she do? I was on the air at, I'll tell you the story. So, and, and again, I went way too far, of course. And so, like, I was I was on the air in Miami, and she was she got Derek Jeter's name wrong. She called him David Jeter or some shit. And I'm like, this chick's the worst. She is just terrible. I mean, and, and there's so many great women that do really a great – Pam Oliver is spectacular. There's so many good women that are great broadcasters. She sucks. And she goes – I go, go cover Notre Dame. Well, if you knew anything about me, you know. But see, you, you, hey, Neil, you know where that whole thing comes from? Her father was a broadcaster. You guys, here. Wait, wait, wait a minute, Dank. Her father was an anchor man in Tampa. And he went to Florida. And she went to Florida. She's a Gator. She actually started with the Tampa Bay Lightning. She was like one of the fire sticks chicks. She used to go around like the, the arena, get the fans going and all this and that. She looked stupid. It was just whatever, right? And she used to – she would call my show and tro- – my radio show on WDAE. Oh, you know, you hate the Gators, this and that. I go, okay, and? <laughs> okay. I go, and? <laughs> so her and her dad would troll me. Silio's talking shit on you on the air. So she went on Twitter, and then I started, and I went too far. I did. But she hated me because she's a gator. She's a Florida gator. This whole thing goes back gator canes. Okay? And people are low, like, well, Silio's a sexist. She's a gator. I'm a cane. If you come from that area, then you got a conversation with me. But because she's a woman, it had nothing to do with it. She's just terrible. Well, yeah, she was – J.M., um, 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 what was her name? Mino, Mino Rion. JM, Mino Rion was the woman goaltender. Fantastic human being. Just a fantastic human being. Mine, I believe Mine Rion was her name, if I'm not mistaken. Just great. I know someone related to Manti Teo. <laughs> <laughs> and who was that? Solomon Thomas? <laughs> hey, Niners. Who's that? Solomon Thomas? <laughs> I haven't seen him either. Is he still playing? <laughs> I think he's with the Jets. Hey, you see that? Hey, Eagle guys. Niner guy, man. <laughs> he's like this. He's related to man. I know someone related to Matt Titeo. Yeah, Solomon Thomas. Jordan Davis, how'd that turn out? (laughs) Neither go like this to me. Sills, true, Solomon Thomas. Nick Boza, though, too, boss. Nick Nick Boza. Joy Taylor, leave my joy alone. Anyway, so what'd you guys think of what we were talking about? Philly 500 and I. Here. Why here? Let's do this. Why wouldn't you take? And I know that there's many people that are in here. Why wouldn't you take Bijan Robinson at 10? Why wouldn't you? 
What give me your reasons why you wouldn't draft him at 10? What would be your reasons for not drafting him at 10? Let's see. Joy's been on the show, Neil, numerous times. Because Carter's there. Jalen Carter over Bijan? He's a better player. He's the second best player. He's the second best player in the draft. Okay. Very good. Guys, I don't know why the Philly media doesn't listen to you guys. Because you guys are you guys are smarter than 90% of the people that are on the air. You know, I was listening to something on WIP the other day. Some guy was talking to me about Lucas Van Ness or taking the Gonzalez kid from Oregon. So you're going to draft another first rounder that gives you nothing this year because you got two corners. Well, you know, like, well, then worry about it next year. The talent pool at corner, corner is just as deep next year. That makes no sense. Aren't you trying to win the Super Bowl right now? The media fans are not friends, especially in Philly. Yeah, because you know why they hate you, Neil? Because they think they know more than you, and they don't. They think because they sit behind a television set with a notepad that they know more than you because they've done it longer than you. Your eyeball test is just as good as mine. Get this. Here's one thing you'll always know from me, Tone, everyone. I am no smarter than you. I've just been around a couple things a little more than you. I've actually played the ball game a little bit. So it gives me a little bit of perspective. You guys have been around Philly longer. You know how behaviors act. You know how the team has acted. I'm learning how and why you go down these rabbit holes. Drafting a corner. Why would you do that? You've been a failure at it. You've been exceptional at trades and signing free agents. Stay there. It's okay. Like Tone says, hey, doesn't really matter how you drive. It's how you arrive. Nobody cares. Nobody cares how you drive. I think people look at the per- – see, this B. John Robinson thing goes against – it, it, it goes it goes against the practice. And what I mean by that is they look at the running back position and what everyone is telling them and saying the running back position is devalued. Not on the Eagles. With the Jets, yes. With Kansas City, probably yes. Can you what if Kansas City gets them? Get B. John Robinson on a rookie contract. They move up, pick him up in 14. You got B. John Robinson and you got Patrick Mahomes. It's over. It's over. Andy Reid with a back like that, that's Christian McCaffrey's with him and Travis Kelsey. It's over. Over. He'll throw for 6,000 yards. Okay, Pacheco. But see, here's the thing that Veach and Andy would do. They would upgrade over him and have both of them back there. 
they'd have a great he would be more like a like a Tony Pollard. And the other guy would be your bell cow guy. So you 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 would have both of those dudes in your backfield. And you would have Travis Kelsey in. You would have Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid as your play caller. You imagine having, just think of it this way. You think Andy Reid, what do you think um, Christian McCaffrey would do in Kansas City with Mahomes? How do you think that would look? How do you think that would look if they had Christian McCaffrey in the backfield? It would give that thing a, like, a, like a kick in the side. Their wide receiving core is nowhere. Okay? So when you look at, when you're hearing people say, well, no, that, you know, it's too much money and the position, this is not a rebuild. This is not a position where you're in right now where you can allow, well, let me take a a, a position that will have no impact. The offense is going to carry this football team as far as it's going to go, not your defense. One player won't matter unless it's Will Anderson or Jalen Carter. The rest of these guys, like I said, when you watch Jalen Carter play, you see production. I don't give it. Hey, so get this. Here, this is this. Is, so Jalen Carter, Jalen Carter was fat and out of shape for his pro day, right? Didn't really have a great combine. Jordan Davis had a great combine and a great pro day, and you took him. Are you happy with the pick at 13? So all the things you're talking shit on him on, well, you know, Silsy's kind of a gamble. So your workout warrior was overdrafted, but you're okay with overdrafting him because he showed up to the combines and he ran fast 40s. The other guy's a better ball player, little bit of a little bit of a guy may need his ass kicked a bit. Okay, who are you going to take? Carter doesn't play like Jordan Davis. That's a freaking lie. Not one player, not one pro scout says that. Not one pro scout. Not one pro scout. And again, to be truthful, all those Georgia guys are not productive. They're not a, there's not a big production sheet on them. You don't see a ton of production. But then again, people will go, Lucas Van Ness. Dude, you can't play the run? You can't play the run in college, but you can play the run in the pros? <laughs> okay. Dank says, Eagles are a Super Bowl team that has a 10th pick. You take the talent if it's available. All we've complained about is not getting blue chips when we have a chance. Yeah. You, you, people want to take the lesser pick. And, and, and once again, too, Dank, here's the deal. It's not like you guys have been overly successful in the first round. Dillard's now gone. Derek Barnett stinks. Okay, I mean, Jalen Rager's gone. Your first round picks. Here, let's, 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 let's take a look at your first round picks over the last couple of years. Let's take a look at the last 10 years. Let's do the last 10 years. Eagles history draft picks. 
Let's see here how well you've done. Jordan Davis. Um, fair, incomplete. Devontae Smith. Excellent. Jalen Rager. Bust. Didn't have a first round in 18. Derek Barnett, 17. Bust. 2016, Carson Wentz, bust. 2015, Nelson Aguilar. 2014, Marcus Smith. 2013, Lane Johnson. So let's do this. In the last 10 years, Lane... Last 10 years, two guys you picked in the first round have been worth the shit. Why is that? Two picks in the last 10 years have been... One's great. Barnett picked up the fumble that won the Super Bowl. You would think he's a... So you think... That he's been a he's been a home run first rounder, Derek Barnett. You think Derek Barnett's been a home run? He's been a first round home run. Went far from bust for the birds. So wait a minute. You draft him the second overall pick, you give him $38 million, and then you fired him. You don't think that's a bust? Is he on your team? So in six years, all that shit happened, and you don't think he, Carson Wentz is a bust for you. Solid take. <laughs> we won the Super Bowl. Is he on your team? Winning the Super Bowl is a team accomplishment, not an individual accomplishment. Do you really believe that Carson Wentz was a success on the Eagles? Do you think Carson Wentz, he's not on your football team. You drafted him number two overall. You really think that's a success? Well, shit. How could you think that's a success? And then look at Jalen Hurts playing seven. You must think Jalen Hurts is a massive success playing one season. He had a successful moment, but ultimately failed as an eagle. He had a great moment. That don't make a career. And that don't make a solid first rounder. My God, there's actual people in here that actually think that Carson Wentz had a successful career as an Eagle. You're out of your tree. He's not even on the ball team anymore. Donovan McNabb had more of a successful career 
than Carson Wentz ever did. How many years did he play? Did he play 10 plus? That's a solid first round selection that had an impact on your team for multiple years. Latin Inferno goes for 17, 100%. So one year of the six years he played, or whatever years he played, you think that's a success for a first rounder. Who told you that? If he played in and won the Super Bowl, maybe, and that's a big maybe, but overall he failed. That's Tone. As a first-round pick, not only a first-round pick, the second pick. Carson Wentz had a failure career. Had a great 17. Other than that, one other year maybe, that's not a successful number two pick in the draft. That's a failure. And the money you gave him. And you gave him a contract extension. And you jumped the gun on him. Daniel goes, Carson Wentz is a bum with a capital B. So in the last 10 years, you've had two picks that were worth the shit. That's the point here. You guys talk to me like you guys land on these pods and these guys turn out to be superstars. You got a chance to make your team better right now. Instead, they're going to gamble and land on some dude that will be Andre Dillard. Now, for a business and financial perspective, the MFR is winning. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, him and Sam Bradford ought to start up um, a new crime syndicate. I stole this from the NFL. <laughs> I stole this. Actually, Flacco had a better career than Wentz. Went to the Super Bowl, and he actually won it. He finished the deal. He's He played in the Super Bowl and won it. That's crazy. The Eagles have never had a Super Bowl winning quarterback. That they started the season with, or that they drafted number one. Got a guy in the third round was what was um no Foles was Foles in the third or fourth round it's something like that. Carson Wentz had a passer rating of thirty nine six with three yards in one game in the playoffs in his entire career. No, that's a success. <laughs> fourth Eagles win the Super Bowl without Wentz in seventeen. As I said, Latin Inferno, Carson Wentz had a great year in Philly. I wouldn't call that a great career. Would you? If that's the case, why don't you keep Foles then? Why don't you keep Foles? Why did you keep Wentz? Because you thought Wentz was the guy. And how he didn't want to move off the second pick. The only reason they moved Foles, keeping Foles was the right thing. He should have kept him. But Howie kept the second pick because there was equity in there. The raise, the extension, and the second pick. The only reason 
went state as long as he did. And then when they realized what he was, that's why they went and put Wentz or Hurts in the second round. Is golf a bust? Um, no, he's still starting, turning a team around. And an organization's buying into him. Actually, an organization traded for him. And he's winning. And they believe in him. Does Carson Wentz have a job right now? Just to be fair here. Did, does Carson Wentz have a job? I haven't seen that go across the line yet. I haven't seen that on the wire yet that Carson Wentz has a job. And if he does get a job, it'll be a backup. In my opinion, he should go to a better team. He should go to a team with a better quarterback so he can learn how to shut his face and open his eyes and ears. That's what he needs a lesson in. He needs a lesson in opening his eyes and ears. And he needs to carry a mirror around with him. This is who I am right now. I'm a rich dude that everyone looks at right now that knows that he failed massively. I need to resurrect myself like Geno Smith did. If there's two things that if you're Carson Wentz that you have to go into this open market with, you have to look at it like this. Ryan Tannehill turned his career around. Geno Smith turned his career around. Why can't I? You've got to have it like that. But you also have to practice. With, look at the humbling Geno Smith had. Geno Smith got his ass kicked in the New York Jets locker room and that one offensive lineman came to defend him. You try hitting Jalen Hurts on the sideline in a Jets game, Jordan Mulata's going to come over and make you a pancake. He's going to kick your ass. Nobody hits Jalen Hurts. That entire old line would freak out if somebody did that or took a swing on. Can you imagine somebody taking a swing at Jalen Hurts in the Eagle locker room? That entire old line would attack you. Instead, Geno Smith in the New York Jets got his jaw broken by a special teams guy, and nobody defended him because nobody respected him. Now you look at him in Seattle, contract extension, he's been humbled. That's If, if Wentz wants to win and get back into it again, he's got to do the Geno Smith reclamation project. Okay. Wentz couldn't take New England. He couldn't take New England because they would tell him, you're not very good. Okay? Shit, they're talking about Mac Jones and how they were shopping him in the offseason here because they believe in this other kid that they got. What's his name? Bailey Zappi? Dude, they believe in Bailey Zappi over their number one pick more. And personally, you know why he wants that? Because he thinks Bailey Zappi is going to help him the same way I told you Brock Purdy hurts or helps the 49ers financially. You don't have to spend that much money on Bailey Zappi, especially when Mac Jones' contract comes up and that fifth-year option comes up. The Patriots don't have to extend it. The Patriots are not going to extend Mac Jones. They will not. When that fifth-year option comes up, there is not a chance that they're going to pay that guy that money. He's not impressed him. So they'll move off him. He'll let him go into it. He may not even be the starter this year. Why would he pick up the 50-year option? 
There is not a chance he gets another contract in New England. Absolutely not. Don't go with Zappi. Why wouldn't you go with Zappi? I'd rather pay Bailey Zappi if he's just as good, less money. And I can put money around the franchise in other key positions. Corner, wide receiver, tight end, offensive line. That's what the 49ers have the luxury of with Brock Purdy. Trey Lance is a colossal disaster unless Brock Purdy can save it. And what I would do is I'd call Rand Carthon up in Tennessee. Hey, what do you give me for Trey Lance? They need a quarterback. I'd move his ass. If I were the 49ers, I'd move him before it's too late. Because right now you probably could get some, you probably could get a, I don't know, maybe not a first, but you could probably get a two for him. You keep that, you keep that candle lit in San Francisco, and that guy keeps putting bad tape on film or bad playing on film, his value goes down every time he steps on the field for the 49ers. His value goes down. Same with Jordan Love. You know, I didn't think Jordan Love was that bad against the Eagles. I actually thought Jordan Love did some pretty good things in that Eagle game. Okay? I thought I thought he did some pretty good things. He showed a little bit there, so I don't know. Jordan Love, there could be something there. I just haven't seen it yet. Okay? Purdy has a long rehab. Dude, you know what's going to happen to Trey Lance? He's going to put shitty playing on tape. And the 49ers are going to have what happened to Jalen Rager with the Eagles happen to that guy as that guy plummets in value. Here, let's do this. Look at look at look at look at Baker Mayfield's value right now as a starting quarterback. You think that guy would get a first rounder? Are you crazy? He was the first pick in the draft. Talk about overdrafting. Look at Sam Darnold. Guy was a top five pick. Josh Rosen, not even in the league. Couldn't get anything. I mean, when you put bad tape together and teams see it, that's who you are. It's a, they don't they don't trade for what they think you can be. They trade for what they are. And that's what that's how he's brilliant. How he looked at CJ Gardner Johnson and went, this guy's better than what they think he is. That's a talent. I'm going to trade for Slay. He's better than what Detroit thinks he is. Howie is good at that. Hey, I think we can figure this Hassan Reddick out. Remember what the narrative was on Hassan Reddick? The narrative was this. Why is he on his fourth team in four years? Why is he on his fourth team? Howie figured it out with his coaching staff. We can't drop him in coverage. He's not a very good tackler. Just wind his ass up and let him hit quarterbacks. And once they figured that out midway through the season, he was a force. Carolina couldn't figure it out. Arizona couldn't figure it out. That's third team. Okay? They couldn't figure it out. All of a sudden, now, you know what the new narrative is? Arizona and Carolina couldn't figure out Hassan Reddick. It turned back to the teams not getting it right. How come Carolina, you're telling me Carolina wouldn't want a 17-sack guy on the other side of Brian Burns? How is that not, no wonder Matt Rule got fired. No wonder all that coaching staff got fired and the entire front office got bailed out. 
why was the so you had Brian Burns on one side and Hassan Reddick on the other, and you couldn't figure it out. Well, that's on you. That's on you. That's an organizational F up. Okay? Arthur Gosil's killed Relic. I did. Because he was not productive. I didn't think he was very productive for the first six games. He wasn't. He's not a good... And they were dropping him in coverage. He was horrible. Then when they got to two run stoppers around November, he went on a a tear. And for the record too, Arthur, I also said, and I'll always tell you, it's not flip-flopping, dude. A player's production is indicative of my takes. He gets better and better. I'm going to say he gets better and better. Okay? Guy gets worse? That would like that would be like me having to sit here and tell you that Carson Wentz was a great ball player in Philadelphia when you know he wasn't. Carson Wentz went just like this. Tell me he didn't. He was going uphill. He was going uphill. Steep, too. Am I right? Steep? Well, whatever, dude. He was going like this, and then all of a sudden, am I supposed to sit there and say, hey, Carson's great. Hey, Carson's great. On the way down? It's called reality. You should watch a ball game once in a while. <laughs> Instead of just thinking your takes are gold. My, gold. my takes aren't gold either. They're not set in stone. Absolutely not. Because a player's career is not set in stone. Guy fell off the cliff. But you're supposed to sit here, according to Arthur, and say he had a great career. Oh, what a great ball player. Why? Because the Eagles gave him an extension. Mistake. He turned out to not be the quarterback on the second pick in the draft. Mistake. Your organization made a mistake. And you made a mistake thinking he was good. I don't hold that against you. It's what players do. It's what players do. Okay? (laughs) Jordan Davis. Never be Fletcher Cox. Ever. He doesn't even look like Fletcher Cox on the field. Fletcher Cox actually played pretty decent in the second half of the season. How many Super Bowls would Jimmy win in this era? (laughs) Five? Five? He is the best head football coach slash talent guy since Chuck Knoll. The amount of Hall of Famers and things that he does like I told you, think about one thing Coach Johnson did. I, I I showed you guys, and all you guys always were under the assumption that <laughs> that the Cowboys' offensive line was better than the Lions' offensive line. Where did you get that from? Tom Landry had the same guys for three years at the end, and they won four games a year. But when Jimmy drafted an undersized 5'9", 198-pound Emmett Smith from Florida, 
Do you know what everyone said? What a mistake. What a mistake. You took Emmett Smith at 5'9", 200 pounds? Holy cow, why would you do that? You know what his comment was? Because it'll transform my quarterback in O-line. Gee, Eagles. Think of that. He drafted Emmett when no one wanted to draft. Everyone was like, he's too small. He's too small. And he goes, no. This guy ran for 13,000 yards in high school. He ran for 4,000 yards in Florida. And then he ended up running for almost 20,000 yards in the NFL. Emmett Smith is the most productive running back in the history of the National Football League. And he is at every level. He is the Abdul Jabbar of running backs. Because there was no place he didn't succeed. Do you understand that Escambia, he broke all kinds of high school rushing records? When he got to Florida, he was a beast. When he got to the NFL, he broke Walter Payton's record. And he transformed an average offensive line into greatness. And he helped the quarterback go to, go to the Hall of Fame. Troy Aikman doesn't go to the Hall of Fame unless he has Emmett Smith. Michael Irvin doesn't go to the Hall of Fame unless they have Emmett Smith. What would a running back on the Eagles do for Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard? What do you think B. John Robinson, Derrick Henry, or one of those kind of players would do for your quarterback and your receivers? Emmett, trans- Emmett put people in the Hall of Fame. And by the way, just for the record, are there any Hall of Famers that Emmett Smith played with and that old line? Are there any Hall of Famers? He didn't play when they were winning Super Bowls with Larry Allen. JM goes, Jimmy Johnson failed in Miami. Well, he never lost, had a losing, he had a winning record down there. He drafted two Hall of Famers in latter rounds and Jason Taylor and Zach Thomas. Um, th- when he took the team over, was in salary cap hell. He wanted to trade Dan Marino and the owner, Wayne Huizinga, didn't want to do it. He didn't have the support from Wayne Huizinga that he had with Jerry Jones in Dallas. That's why they failed. Jimmy wanted to, he had a deal worked out with Pittsburgh to send Dan Marino home so he could play quarterback for the Steelers. Steelers wanted to do it. Rooney wanted to do it. Everyone wanted to do it except Heisinger. You know why? Heisinger was afraid of not selling tickets. You see, because in Miami versus Philly, nobody gives a shit who's the quarterback in Philadelphia. You're still going to have 69,750 in that building. In South Florida, if you don't have Dan Marino in that building, you have nobody in that building in Winter Garden. You have nobody in that building. They don't – it's not like it used to be when we were at the Orange Bowl, Canes and the Dolphins. Saturdays were hurricane football. Sunday was Miami football. Nobody lost, and everybody packed the building. That wasn't like that. Heisinger didn't want to make the deal. That's why Jimmy failed. So tell the full story. The full story is the owner didn't want to trade the guy. Jimmy wanted to make a trade with the Steelers that was somewhat like the Herschel Walker deal. But Heisinger didn't have the balls. And that's why they failed in Miami. Jimmy wanted to make the deal. 
Had the deal done. Goes to Wayne. Wayne said no. The owner stopped. And they never won. And that's why Dan Marino never won. Because Dan Marino never wanted to win. He cared about throwing for 400 yards. Dan Marino didn't give a shit about winning. If he did, he would have did what Jordan did. Stop worrying about passing records and touchdown throws and all that. Would have been more of a team guy. Dan Marino was a horrible team guy. That's why they didn't win. They didn't want to establish. Can you name me one running back that gained 1,000 yards in his entire time there? You know what his name was? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Okay. No, you're right, JM. He didn't win with the best quarterback. He won with Troy Aikman. And those Super Bowls are all entitled to him because he's not, he won three Super Bowls, as far as I'm concerned, with Troy Aikman, a, a better version of Phil Simms. And you're, the quarterback, Dan Marino, didn't want to win. He never wanted to win. Hall of Fame ring was more important to Dan than a Super Bowl ring. You know what's funny about Dan Marino? Yeah, I'll tell you flat out. Bob Greasy was more accomplished. I used to have this argument in South Florida all the time. Bob Greasy's more accomplished than Dan Marino. All of Dan Marino's records are broken. What does he have now? Well, he has a Hall of Fame ring. Well, so does Bob Greasy. Bob Greasy also won three straight AFC championships, two Super Bowls. And one of those teams was undefeated. It's one of the greatest eras of pro football because the Steelers were also in that era. The Raiders were in that era. The Chargers were in that era. The Cowboys were in that era. And also the Vikings, all dominant Super Bowl teams. All dominant Super Bowl teams. And Greasy led them. Who was more accomplished? Bob Greasy. Is he the lesser talent? Sure. There goes the story again where you don't have to be the most talented player at that position to win Super Bowls. You've got to be a guy who motivates the room and knows the room and is willing to throw for 110 yards one game or 310 yards the next game instead of just wanting to put up stats and be Kirk Cousins. It's up to you. That's how these winning quarterbacks do it. These winning quarterbacks, they know the room. Rodgers is by far more talented than Tom Brady. What's that got to do with winning? That's why he gets beat by Jimmy Garoppolo. That's why he gets beat by lesser players. Those great ones don't get beat by lesser players. Think about think about Greasy's run. Three straight AFC titles. Only the Bills have been to more Super Bowls in a row. Two wins, and in one of those years, they were undefeated. It's, it's the greatest football team of all time, not the greatest season. That's the greatest football team of all time, that Dolphin team. That 72 to 74 Super Bowl run team, 71 to 73 team. It's the greatest football team that's ever been assembled. Them and the Steelers, you could make a coin flip because the Steelers won four and six. Okay, they won four and six. So you probably would go Pittsburgh, but 
the Dolphins and the Steelers are the two best. And they used to meet every year for the AFC Championship. You imagine that you had to go through the Raiders, the Steelers, the Dolphins, the Chargers, all in the AFC with all Hall of Fame quarterbacks. <laughs> Stabler, Hall of Fame. Bradshaw, Hall of Fame. Greasy, Hall of Fame. Fouts, Hall of Fame. You're not playing Brock Purdy. <laughs> hey, hey, Yale, you're not playing Brock Purdy in, this, in the NFC Championship game. Think about that run. You had to play every quarterback was a Hall of Fame quarterback when you played in those playoff eras back then. Every guy was a Hall of Famer. All the coaches were Hall of Famers. Shit, man. Right. Dawson, Kansas City. So in the AFC at one time, you had Dawson at Kansas City, Greasy at, at Miami, Bradshaw in Pittsburgh, Stabler in Oakland, Fouts in San Diego. Jesus. All of them Hall of Fame quarterbacks. You're not playing Davis Mills. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're not playing Davis Mills or Brock Purdy or Dimes Jones or Cooper Rush. <laughs> and the backup quarterbacks, Merle, Earl Morrill, who won an MVP. <laughs> playing, playing Cooper Rush. I got to take a timeout. Hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Hey, hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the stakes and the stakes, go to get your parlay on, go to get your party on, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean, visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Heading down the shore. Have a ball once more. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. My name is uh, Fran Solano. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. They're carving out a 
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Pretty cool happened yesterday. Damn, I left my phone. You guys got to check it out on my Twitter page. Um, go over and check it out there. Jay, Jay Paterno sent something. Greasy goes, Dan, did Dan did Dan just say Dan Marino was not a team guy? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did say that. Take a look at what Jay sent me, Jay Paterno. His dad said something about Jerome and I, um, and he sent it to me that Jimmy was talking and what his dad said. His dad called me and Jerome uh, the second coming of Millen and Clark. I don't know. I don't know if you guys know who those guys were, Millen and Clark. It's pretty cool, though. Jay Paterno sent that, and – I know Jay doesn't have the best reputation on the planet, but I thought that was pretty cool of what they thought of Jerome and myself at Penn State when we played those guys. And the Penn State guys that are on my Facebook, um, they they go, hey, Sills, what happened in the Fiesta Bowl? I'm like, okay, you guys won. You had seven first downs. I wouldn't be crowing about anything. <laughs> Ask Mike Missanelli. He wrote, hey, Yale, he wrote his book about Jerome and I and about that night. Jerome and I had 20 tackles and three sacks and held that defense, held that offense to seven first downs and 120 yards in total offense. I would be crowing about a lot of things. We ate them up pretty good. They were not, you should have seen him. Jerome was so, <laughs> hey man, that guy put the fear, we, we both did, man. It was, it was pretty rough for them. Yeah. Okay. I get you defending your former coach. I don't have to defend my former coach. All I have to do is look at his championship rings. I don't have to defend him. His his resume defends himself, JM. What are you talking about? National champion as a player? National champion as a college coach? Super Bowl champion and Hall of Fame NFL coach? I don't have to defend his resume. You You think I have to defend that? Okay, well, you and I, you keep defending Chip Kelly. (laughs) Hey, JM, you keep defending Chip Kelly and Carson Wentz. I'll defend, I don't have to defend Jimmy, really. (laughs) I don't have to defend. Kill, yeah, Joe, yeah, DJ killed us. Sure, he did. No, he did. They had 150 yards in offense. Here, look at Joe. They killed us. Joe, they had seven first downs. How'd they kill us? Do you know we had more turnovers in that game, Joe? Hey, Joe, we had more turnovers. We had seven turnovers in the the Penn State Fiesta Bowl, and they had seven first downs. We had as many turnovers as we allowed first downs. Yeah, we had two fumbles. We had seven turnovers. 
and lost the game by four points. Yeah, you're right. Hey, at the end of the day, we lost. Sure, I get it. One title next year, though. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's okay. I. Hey, man, I'm all good. I got two of them. You know? Damn. Hey, hey, Tone. Shit, man, a third one would have been better. You know, three is better than two. Damn. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, hey, Yale. Shit. You're right, man. I could have had three. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Oh, why did Jimmy keep throwing the ball? JM. They got down to the five. JM, honestly, Jerome stands up. We both stand up. They're on the five-yard line. 20 seconds left. They needed a three and out. We gave it to them. They fly right down the field. There's like 10 seconds left in the game. We had two timeouts left. Maybe 20 seconds. Jerome and I, I, Jerome stands up and then I stand up. And Jerome goes, just like this, he looks at me, he goes, he think he throws a pick? I went just like this. I do. And as he looked at me, he heard the crowd and Giffinopoulos intercepted it. He looked right at me, he sat down, he goes, fuck. I go, oh. and I, I, I looked up and I'm like, holy cow, we killed this team. And guess what Jimmy and them wanted to do? They wanted to pull me and Jerome and Stubbs and Hawkins and the whole unit out. I had none of that. We were going out there and facing Wisniewski and those dudes. And we were going to go out there and finish it. We started it. We were going to finish it. I said, well, you're not pulling us out. That we look like cowards. We look like the Pistons not shaking the hands of the Bulls. I thought of that. Believe it or not. We are not going to act like the Pistons. So we got out there. Wisniewski starts barking this. It's in, it's in Missinelli's book. We beat the beast. We beat him. We beat him. We beat him. Everyone, they started screaming him. And so we sat there. And we were just, we hadn't lost a game in three years. And we were like this. And sure enough, man, as the time clicked off, they went, they came over to shake our hands and we shook our, we shook their hands. I wasn't gonna. There's a picture of me standing away from it because I wasn't going to. But then I went just like this. Ah, shit. And Wisniewski and I became friends. Shane Conlon and I are dear friends to this day. John Schaefer, eh, maybe not. <laughs> I did kill him on the first play of the game, though. Eh, maybe not him. <laughs> DJ turned out to be a. Didn't he play for the Mets? I thought he played for like the Vikings and the Mets or something like that. I thought he was like in the Met organization. Um, I, I think he played for like the Mets or something. I don't know. All right. We are getting closer to the draft next week. Wow. It is going to pick up. And by the way, remember this. We are going to be in the week of lies next week. Don't believe anything. Free agency or... Who's going to fall in the draft? I appreciate everybody. Xander, thank you, brother. Big Joe, great conversation last night. Thank you so much. And Tone, as always, your contribution is so wanted and so 
gifted to the show and so important to the show. Thank you so much. God bless you, Two-Tone, and all of you. We'll see you Monday. We'll see you on the flip side. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.